Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. I am Andre Scamboa, your host and for Summer Bookman. If you don't know what Bookman means, this is your first, first episode. If you don't know what Ponytails stands for, what the heck is this all about? We interview people who sold books with Southwestern Advantage. It's a company that sells books door to door, and they do. They have college kids do this every single summer, going out in 12 weeks of their college summers to go make commission uh, by going door to door for 80 hours a week. It's kind of crazy. So we interview people who did that program, and naturally have some really cool stories that come out of that, whether they be funny, ludicrous, ridiculous, sad, uplifting inspiring either way they're always always entertaining hope you guys enjoy we ask these folks what they're up to now and how that experience shaped their life so hope you enjoy uh, we've been around for two or three years thanks for being here make sure you guys catch us and subscribe on your spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening um my guest today is rj lowry he sold for five summers with the education division from 1986 to 1990 he uh, went to the ohio university uh, and originally is from Columbus, Ohio. Currently, he's a digital marketing consultant with Rev Local. Excited to learn more about that because in today's world, there's so much marketing stuff happening that it's good to hear from an expert as to see what's what's going on. His favorite Ogmandino scroll, if you guys remember the Ogmandino scrolls, is number six. Today, I will be the master of my emotions. What a wonderful one. Additionally, um, RJ is a Google Digital Sales Certified Senior Digital Marketing Consultant um, at Rev Local, like I said, living in Columbus, Ohio. 35 years of building direct sales organizations with Southwestern. He also worked at Tom James, which is a sister company or was a sister company of Southwestern. And of course, right now at Rev Local, he is a top performing leader, trainer, and recruiter as far as well as a salesperson. Um, just complete stud. In 2011, he acted on his passion for helping entrepreneurs by launching a successful business coaching practice called Expert Edge. From 2012 to early 2022, he committed most of his time to rep local as they became the biggest client helping to build their digital marketing sales force from four to 140 consultants nationwide. Holy. Definitely going to learn a little bit about building big organizations then. Um, he has recently taken a step back from senior sales leadership. His daily motivation does not to, uh, take this last 11 and a half years of digital marketing knowledge and make a real difference for business owners, multi-location franchises, and nonprofits looking for increased lead generation and brand awareness. Outside of work, RJ loves spending time with Connie, his wife of over 30 years, their three daughters, son-in-law, two granddaughters, and other family members. He's also a ministry leader at one church in Gahana and loves coaching other sales and businessmen. I'm going to have to ask about this. That's kind of cool. Although he is a proud 88 graduate of, of Ohio University. He's an Ohio State fan. Nobody's perfect, especially football and wrestling. As a Husker fan, I have to say something. Sorry, RJ, uh, which he's a season ticket holder for. We might have to go catch some games over at the Horseshoe in Ohio. Uh, maybe you can invite Hans. Fun facts about RJ Besides selling book back in the 80s, um, he is also a college cheerleader, and he was on the Wheel of Fortune and even on the, on the in a 20th century Fox movie. Holy cow, that's pretty sweet. Um, make sure you go find him on Instagram, RJ Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, uh, as well as a bunch of links below. You can check out on his LinkedIn, his Facebook profile, and his link tree. All of those are linked below in the show description, so make sure you go check it out. Uh, but when we come back, we'll be on with RJ. How exciting. See you guys in a bit. I know we're going to get this to this in a second, but I need to know if you got recruited or you were getting recruited to Southwestern had anything to do with being a cheerleader, because that's super awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. It actually did. Um, so my, my student manager uh, was actually the, his first engagement that he had with me. And you're here. We'll, uh, we'll cheers real quick. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Sorry. <laughs> he, uh, his name was Joe Mateka. And Joe was actually a, uh, a cheerleader for OU. I had, I think I had a class with him and uh, just kind of got to know him a little bit. And then we, uh, the winter rolled around of I'm trying to think of what summer that would have been 85. That's how old I am. So I'm already giving my age, um, but 1985 and <clears throat> I was doing some martial arts and we were doing, we were preparing for a, um, like a demonstration. So it was gonna be like backhand springs and tucks and our geese and all this breaking boards. And he walked over and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, man, you're tumbling. You, you, you should be a cheerleader. And I, and I kind of said something a little that I won't say on this podcast, but I was like, bro, that's, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. And he's like, well, I'm actually a cheerleader. And he had played like football in high school and everything. And I had wrestled in high school. And so I'm like, no way. And uh, so I ended up trying out and ended up making it on Ohio university's basketball cheerleading squad. And then that same guy ended up getting me to join a fraternity and the same guy got me to sell books. So we got more stories about that. He's a so leader. <laughs> He's a leader. Wait, so <laughs> can you still do a backflip? <clears throat> Probably not. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. there's not enough room in your living room. I would have asked you to. <laughs> Probably setting in. I, I just don't want to take any chances with that. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a, well, but if you come to Bizzler, we'll, we'll see it there. We'll try it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, um, let me, uh, let me just ask, I mean, I typically speaking when someone's told, you know, outside of like the last five, 10 years, we just like to start up with, you know, when, since you left Southwestern, so we can go back all the way to 90, 91 and kind of get kind of some of the highlights that's led us to here. So if you want to kind of walk us through a quick timeline of some of the major highlights of your life so far, getting to this point, I'll probably interject in the middle of that, if that's cool, just kind of ask them follow up uh, on that. And then we'll end up, we'll end up at 2023. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I'll, and I'll actually save the the actual book story of getting recruited because that's a whole other piece. But yeah. yeah, so sold from '86 to '90. Um, I my last summer of '90, I, I knew I wanted to go with Tom James. Um, actually, after my third summer, so that summer I actually took a smaller team. Um, was thinking I was just gonna just uh, go straight to to uh, to Tom James, and I ended up saying, you know what, I maybe should recruit and go do. Of course, my Alan Clements and Craig Soder were like, you need to come back and sell again, as, as they always do. And so um, <laughs> I ended up selling two more summers because it would make me a better Tom James salesperson leader if I sold another summer or two. Of course. And uh, <laughs> so in, and then everybody, ended up, everybody knows um, that. <laughs> everybody knows that. Yeah. So so they basically got me um, to do two more summers after I, I thought I was done after three. And then uh, basically the fall of 90 and early 91. We opened the Tom James Columbus office, did that for 20 years, um, got uh, built a big organization, yeah, had a number of states and people and leaders and RVP, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you got that acronym right, but, um, and mm-hmm. then actually 12 years ago, last month was when I kind of basically moved on from Rev, uh, excuse me, from Tom James and opened up my business coaching practice. And um, so got a lot of people that leave Tom James after that amount of time. I got a payout, kind of a five-year payout. So it gave me some time of what I wanted to do. And I launched that business coaching practice and actually met the Hawks, which again is another story that we'll talk about. Michael Hawk, how I first oh, met yeah. him. But he, had, <laughs> he had this little tiny startup. They had about 10 employees and a couple hundred clients. Patrick Dichter, who's been on your show, was was the sales manager at the time. And there was like three or four other sales guys. And 
So I did a little consulting gig for 90 days. At the end of that 90 days, I said, hey, I think you guys have got something here and I'd love to, to get in on it. And um, wow. so that was March of 2012. And even though I'd said I'd never work for anybody again, um, got in on the opportunity. And yeah, as you read a few of the things there, a lot of really, really good quality people helped us grow this business from those initial 10 employees to about 450 um, nationwide uh, digital marketing. Um, depending on the stock ranking, I've heard it, we're third or fourth largest digital marketing agency in America now, but we use a lot of the Southwestern principles because uh, a number of us from the beginning sold books. So that's, that's wild. Correct. Yeah. So I'm 11 and a half years with that. Okay. Well, no. So let me, let me, uh, I want to learn, I'm going to, I want to talk about the marketing side of things first, because first yeah. of all, it's probably relevant, you know, but I feel like I also want to ask about Tom James because, and for people yeah. who don't know or listening, Tom James is a, is a, a custom clothing company. Um, and people who go from Southwestern advantage usually end up at the Tom James because it used to be a sister company. And you, instead of going door to door, you go business to business selling suits mm -hmm. and other high end clothing to, you know, yeah. professionals, um, which can be pretty lucrative because those guys got and gals got to dress sharp. Um, they actually, shout out to my old friends. They actually had in June of uh, 2023 um, had their best, I think it was best month in company history. And a lot of people are like, how in the world are they doing that in today's business casual world? So yeah, good for that. Yeah, that's a big deal. And people are maybe going back towards that, but um, okay. So, but on the, on the marketing side, so um, I feel like selling books door to door only teaches you so much about marketing, if at all. I mean, like, especially with what digital marketing specifically is that, that we could probably do a whole episode just talking sure. for hours about all the different aspects that goes into digital marketing sure. on your bio. It said that you were Google certified. So let's, let me just take it from there. What does that even mean from a standpoint of being a Google certified digital yeah. expert? I think it's at one point they really tried to get pretty much everybody who was selling their advertising on their platform. So back then it was called Google AdWords. Now it's just called Google Ads because they have display ads as well. And they just really were trying to, um, especially with you have Google partners and then you have Google Premier SMB partners. And so Rev Local is kind of at that level. Let's put it this way. There's thousands and thousands of people that say they partner with Google. There's um, a much smaller number that actually get a little Google icon badge saying that they actually do have some kind of partnership. And then there's the premier SMB partners. So Rev Local was blessed to be one of those. And I think they just wanted to have anybody who was selling their Google ads basically kind of go through this testing and to make sure that they were selling uh, the way that Google would want their products to be sold. So Google ad certified. Okay. So. And let's just start with the basics and then we'll, we'll dig deep. What is, what is, how do, there's a ton of people I'm asking this on behalf of myself, probably. And I, I'm somewhat uh, learned in this, but I'm sure we're going to get to topics where I'm like, just asking because I still, I absolutely don't know. Um, but also for the fact that I know there's a lot of people who are current book people or, or like, you know, entrepreneurs that sold books that again, this never got taught and they're doing a great job from a sales standpoint, but there's so many, uh, more opportunities and doors that could be open from the, from being able to effectively market the product and or service on Google. So how do Google ads work in the first place? Let's just take it from like, I'm a five-year-old. I thought Google's just the place you, you found out what the Statue of Liberty, how tall the Statue of Liberty is, but no, no, there's so much well, more. If you'll let me, I'll even back up a little bit more because a lot of people, it's funny because old people, so people my age or older, They'll go, oh, I don't know a whole lot about that social media stuff, but I know I'm supposed to be doing it. So they like group Google ads in with, oh. they, they call all of it social media. It's hilarious. Yes, it's, yeah. So the reality is, think of it this way. Good start, good start. Okay. Well, so 
I think the first thing I like to start with is, you know, the 10,000 foot view, they don't even call traditional marketing, traditional marketing anymore. They call it non-digital. So that when they made that shift in all the analytics and the data of digital numbers and traditional, so radio, TV, billboard, direct mail, and all that, they, they now have made the flip, I want to say three, four, five years ago to now it's, it's non-digital and digital. So, so bottom line is what is digital? Digital would encompass anything from like, um, Google ads, meta ads, so Facebook and Insta, for those that don't know, that's uh, display ads, that's PPC, that is social media, that's your website, that's SEO, both organic, ranking your website higher, and local SEO, which is ranking your Google business profile. It used to be called your Google My Business, now called your Google business profile. So think about if you're going to go get something to eat, and you're going to say sushi near me or barbecue near me or something like that that Google business profile pops up right underneath the map. They have three options. So that is a different SEO algorithm than ranking your website higher. So all of those things are components of digital marketing. So back to your ads question, ads is the quickest, you know, quickest, which it's still a slow row. It's still a slow roll, but it's the quickest way to lead generation. So um, we, we always say the, the analogy I love to use is, um, you know, if you think of a, a garden, um, you know, you could, you could plant a garden, rototill, all the work that's going to go into planting that garden. You got to rototill it. You got to plant the seeds. You got to fertilize it. You got to water it. You got to weed it. You got to put up a fence and put hay and straw over it to keep the bunnies and the deer out and the birds. But the, but at the end of the day, you're going to get a crop of something that's going to be at a lower acquisition cost. It's going to be clean. And it, it, in many cases, it's regenerative. You, you, it, it will keep going if you just do the right thing. That's SEO. The only thing is, is you got to be super patient. You can't like, you can't do all that work. And then, and then two weeks later be running out to and staring at the ground, screaming at the little green leaves that are popping up saying, where's my carrots and where's my tomatoes. Uh, and believe me, there's clients that, that want to do that with SEO. And it's just like, did you not hear anything that I just said on the <laughs> flip side ads is a quicker rule. Now, meaning we can get the ads up and running pretty quickly and Google Google streams of revenue. I mean, I want to say, and I'm probably off of my numbers, but I know it's at least 90 to $100 billion a year of their revenue is their ads. So they're like, they're like you know, hey, do SEO if you can, are willing to wait and do the right thing over time. And you can do that um, and it won't cost you as much or put something in this hand and we can make your brand, your business show up a lot quicker. So yeah. that's, that would be that. And a lot, we call it the targeted ads, which is PPC, pay-per-click. Um, but you also have display ads and those creepy retargeting ads that follow you all across the internet. Yeah. And where people go, Oh, they're listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. So let's, let's just go with another basic question. Sure. Um, why, why is it worth the investment? I'm a, uh, let's, let's just take ponytails as an example. This is what we normally do with like, we did this with Patrick. If you listen to that episode where we like sure. use his knowledge. As, yeah. So maybe I'm just picking your brain. Uh, I'm a podcast. We have a website. We have social media presence, uh, small though, and we want to grow. So then I'm, I'm a customer. Why is it, why is it worth it or a potential client of yours? Why would it be worth it for me to pay you to help me do this? What are, what are some of the possibilities of, of doing this? That, that yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of sharp young guys and gals that, that, that have got the time they have the, um, um, they got the time, they've got the, 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 the ability to learn quickly, to, to pull up a bunch of YouTube videos, watch some courses and anybody that, that is into that and, and 
kind of geeks out on saving the money and not having to do it and, and learning and building your repertoire, although it's always changing. Um, like I, I tell people like, go do it. You know, that's like, if you can, you know, but there's a lot of people like, dude, I'm trying to run a business, you know, like I don't have time to stay on top of it or, or I did really well with it two, three, four years ago. And then they just kept changing, changing, changing. Meanwhile, I have employees to work with and I have all these other things I'm trying to do. So I think the reason why somebody would use an agency, let's just say like Rev Local, whether it's Rev or somebody else, is because they, um, they, they, they realize they don't have the time. They'd rather work with, you know, they'd rather work with a, a trusted partner. That's, I mean, just think about like, I mean, how many people in today's world are managing their portfolio? We, we know people that day trade, but at the end of the day, most people say, ah, I'd rather have an expert do it. I'm willing to pay a percentage. So I think that that'd be the reason is just to, you know, allow yourself to focus on the things that really matter and let, uh, let agency partners focus on the lead generation or the brand awareness. And, and that's, I love that you say that because like, I, 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 running this podcast, I've had to learn a lot of this stuff on my own. Kind of like you said. I do. I'm one of the people that does have the time and I do want to save yeah. the money. And also I think it's fascinating just to learn about how all of this works, just even from yeah. this educational standpoint. But at the same time, the, the return on that time is huge. <laughs> like to have someone else that I know is experienced that I know I can trust that I know has the, the know-how and no understands my goals and visions, which I think is pretty, pretty big there's so much value to that, right? There's, there's so much value to the experience to even just save the time of like making the mistakes that you've already made for me in, in, in essence, right? Yeah. And you've been up to date with the way things change. Cause as you said, it changes every time. And I want to be, I want to be clear, Andres. I like, I'm not smart enough to do this. So as a, you know, my first 10 years, we can talk more about another point. I, I launched markets and hired leaders and then hired salespeople for those leaders. Same thing I did it. Southwestern, same thing I did at Tom James, right. um, but a year and a half ago, um, I, you know, hey, what I've been training other people how to do, coaching them on how to do, and coaching them on how their people to do, um, about a year and a half ago, I stepped back. We lost uh, my father-in-law. Um, yeah. I realized, you know, here I am, 57 years old. I'm not in the shape I want to be in. I'm not as fully present as I'd like to be for my family. Um, we just lost one of six. Uh, actually, about a month and a half ago, we lost second of six. So it's like, man, I'm sandwiched in between having having parents. Um, I have three grown daughters and then I have two granddaughters. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm, I want to, at the end of the day, they're not going to remember any of my business accolades. They're going to remember the time I spent with them and what I invested into them. So I took mm -hmm. a step back and, and just said, we just said, Hey, we'll figure out what the next step is. But right now, RJ, you've got a decent network and you certainly know how to sell. Let's just, let's just see what happens. And so last year and a half, um, we've been seeing how it happens and there's just been folks coming my way and, um, it's been, it's been an awesome year and a half, but at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of people in today's world that want somebody that they can trust that from a consultative role, which is where I'm at is I can, I can really kind of translate for them, especially if they're my age, lots of times guys younger that are your age, it's like, they, they they're almost like, ah, this guy's old. I think I can figure it out on my own. Right. And sometimes they have to go that and, and, and in many cases fail and then come back to us. Whereas a lot of people that are, are in my demographic, let's just say in their fifties or late forties, fifties, sixties, they're like, I'd rather just, I want the quickest way there and I'm willing to pay. And so you get a lot of people that are willing to be coached. They're willing to, so that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to find out what their goals are. I'm going to find out what their budget mm. is. And it's, it's all the way back to the book selling days. And at the end of the day, 
like if we can, you know, if it, if it makes sense, let's do some business together. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. That's beautiful. On top of that too, what you're bringing, this is so cool because what you're also bringing is probably you're, you're asking questions that they don't even know to ask. You know what 100%. I'm saying? Like, you know what they don't know. And, and that's a, just a huge deal because, you know, even, even someone like me who I'm Googling this, I'm learning, I'm YouTubing. And while I have learned a lot and can even defend myself with the language, it is like learning a new language, right? Yeah. So it's like, just because I know how to ask how to go to the bathroom, quote unquote, in a new language, doesn't mean there's a more polite or sharp way to say it or more effective way to get what I'm looking for. And that's kind of the expertise that you bring is you're so fluent in this language that you're like, I mean, technically what you said isn't wrong, but you should say it this way because it makes more sense. And it's the same idea, right? So I, I think that's pretty awesome. For you, I guess, let me ask this. What is like the most, from the clients that you that you guys have that you deal with, or, that you, or, or at least in your last 10 years, what is like the most common mistakes that people make? If you, you know, if you're talking like two to three things that just come up to your head, about like don't do this or do that. Can you shed some light on this? Absolutely. Great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is everybody is impatient in today's world. Like everybody wants results immediately. And then we think about that. It's like, like even, you know, they were even saying entire generations were just this impatient. I want it now. And the fact is, is as consumers, you know, we live in this Amazon society where, you know, in some places a drone can 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 fly you something within an hour if you pay the, the right amount of money. Mm -hmm. And the reality is with digital marketing, you it, it just doesn't work that way. Like we just have to slow them down. <laughs> and they're and it and so even when I said like with ads, like the, the the minimum amount of time that I'll let somebody sign on for like PPC ads on either Google or Facebook, uh, the meta channels, is six months. And the reason for that is because you know the first month's the worst month. The, the second month's the second worst month. You know, well, a lot of people, if, if you're in a month-to-month -month situation or you're trying it on your own, it's like, oh, that didn't work. It's just like, well, no, it was. But it's, you know, guess what? you got those little green leaves, just like the garden, that are coming up. And my other favorite analogy is working out with a, a personal trainer. It's, yeah. you know, lots of times in that first four to six weeks, you might gain weight. Are you going to say to that personal trainer, it's not working? It's like, no. He's like, bro, like muscle weighs more than fat. Like you're actually... You may not see it, but it's happening. It's happening on the inside. And so I think that's, that's what we, you know, when I, when I'm talking to people, the big, the two or three biggest things I would say is it's, you're going to need to invest more than you think you do. And I was going to ask you about that next. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to need to do it longer than you think you should. And like everything, if they're like leaders and I, I mean, I'll get one of the specialties I've run into now is, is franchisees. So it's, it's people that are maybe my age. And they've run a company, but they're like, "Hey, what's my next deal?" So they'll buy a franchise, and then they'll they'll be this like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me, tell me what I need to spend four or five, six grand a month, six months, twelve months, whatever." And like, they, you know, it's kind of like my old Tom James clients, right? They just they're not thinking about the financial aspect of it, but they want it to happen quickly. And then they're they're so used to as leaders making decisions that if something isn't working in their head, it's like, "I need to pivot and change," and it's like, "No, no, no, dude, you're six weeks in." Your, your, your ads have been live about a four and a half weeks now. And the reality is that fourth month might pay for all six months. But back when we were month to month, there would be people that would be, I mean, I would say all of this. And then at 60 days in, they'd pull, they'd pull the plug. And it's like they just flushed down onboarding fees, monthly fees. And, and they just ran a rototiller through that garden with all those little leaves coming up. And the carrots were coming. The, the, the radishes were coming, right? So I think that's the biggest thing is it's going to, it's going to cost you more than you think it is. You need to invest in this. 
And you need to, uh, just like with working out personal training, it's, it needs to become a lifestyle. Digital marketing needs to become a lifestyle, not a fad. And you don't just do a diet of digital marketing every now and then. You need to have a strategy that you move forward with because the internet's not going. Yeah. Phone in fact, it's, it's growing more. Yeah. Going from there to there. Yeah. I'll book now and it's like 17 pages. It's like, yeah. and, and you flip through there. It's like anybody that's not trying to appeal to, you know, octogenarians, like are waste in my mind, they're wasting their money. It's like, yeah. unless you're looking for 70, 80, who's still using their phone. But. Yeah. And actually, so this is a, this might be a good, okay. I have more questions, but that's a good tangent for one of our sponsors, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> question then is what about there's a myth or i guess not a myth but there's a theory that you know with with marketing digital marketing you get what you pay for in other words uh you know big big bucks is always going to beat little bucks what first of all is that true and if so like what can someone who's a small business owner do with a small budget a humble budget like what are some next steps to kind of get to be able to evolve to a place where they can invest thousands a month because when you said four to six thousand a month you know to some people they're listening they're like holy cow but honestly that's actually kind of even below average i mean it's pretty cost effective if you're doing four to six thousand a month you hear about people spending hundreds of thousands a month millions a month so how do you how do you build that uh, in your mind great question yeah I, i think the i think the biggest thing is is just one thing when I'm meeting with people um, and I always used to train um, you know, the salespeople that I worked with on is just authenticity, transparency, like it, you, it's better to shoot straight. And so many people try and be salesy and pe- I'd rather, I'd rather be indifferent and almost talk them out of buying um, by, because I want to set the expectations so low because they're so used to sales guys just trying like their deals the best and all that. So I think the biggest thing, um, when we're when we're meeting with these small business owners, I'm I'm gonna say like, tell me what your goals are, and if their goals are unrealistic, based upon one of my next questions is, do you have a budget in mind, or I'll ask them about some things they've done in the past, and if they're like, oh man, I was with this company, and they were two hundred dollars a month, and I didn't get anything out of it. Well, then I'm kind of like, like you may not like what I'm about to say to you, <laughs> you know. But Tim Tite has a podcast and he was actually a leadership consultant for the Ohio State University. And oh, I, I knew oh. we were going to have fun with that with the Nebraska. But, <laughs> hey, but I am a big fan of, of Frank Solich because he went to OU and he okay. turned around Ohio University's football program. So, But he, um, <laughs> when he would meet with Urban and he'd meet with the guys, like one of the things they would say is like, what are your, what are your goals? And, and do you want to play in the show? Do you want to go to the next level? Well, if their activity in the weight room and on the field and it was not matching what it was going to take to get there. They're like, they're, you either need to reset your expectations and change what your goals are, you know, or you need to reset your expectations and change what your activity is. So I think that's the same thing that I'm going to do when I meet with somebody is like, Hey, if you've got three to $500 a month, like we at Rev Local can do something for you. This is just going to be a slow roll. Take your time. You're going to trust the system and you're getting a partner and you're just, Kind of like your 401k plan. You're just kind of trusting that it's going to work, but you have a trusted advisor and a partner that's going to help you. Whereas if you're coming in with a bigger budget, a couple thousand bucks a month, thousand, fifteen hundred, two grand, three grand, five grand, depending on what your product is, then you can start looking for things to happen quicker because ads are going to be in play. But ads are not in play at three to five hundred bucks. Hmm. Now so on your important oh, starts, if you if you don't have it, get started at, at one level or another, but just keep your expectations low 
trust the system. Yeah. Well, and that's great. I mean, it's, it's from a, I guess I haven't really ever shared about this. I can, I don't know if I can talk about this fully, but it, for in generally speaking, even with the, our clients from a standpoint of our uh, sponsors, you know, that was kind of the same thing we had to tell them. It's like, first of all, this is a podcast. So this is a different, whole different kind of digital marketing where it's not a click per thousand. This is more like, we're just talking to people and ideally from our brand, people trust us. There's like stats out there where a lot of people buy from podcasts because they just know and trust the 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 sound and the host or the or the show right. right which is why joe rogan got paid a hundred million dollars from spotify or whatever right but but also it's the same idea where it's like it this is going to take a while it's it, this isn't going to be where it's like you know we will post an ad that you that you're offering a position at your company or that you're looking to sell service and then all of a sudden next month you're going to get 500 leads it's not it doesn't really work like that it's just more like a, you got to let it build over time people got to get to know you um so I, I love that idea of that approach of like, first of all, from a time commitment, be prepared. And from a money commitment, you do get what you pay for, but just be, you know, prepared for that. I love that. For you, um, out of out of the scope of digital marketing, you were talking, you know, we we're talking about social media. We were talking about Google ads and, you know, uh, SEO for your website, SEO for all the different channels. What, is there like a roadmap that you suggest or that you think um, people should, or like, or is there like a, a, a foundational, like how do you approach it? It's like, hey, first we're going to work on your, you know, Google Ads. Yeah. Or you should first get your social media down for sure before you even think about this. Like, is there like a, yeah, you know what I'm I, saying? I, yeah, I do, I do. I think I think that depends on what kind of business it is. If they are a, if they are a brick and mortar business, okay, so they've got a location that people can come to. Um, they may or may not come to it, but they, but let's say they have a brick and mortar business like local SEO is that's been out about 13 and a half years or so now it is it is really the foundation of a, of a strong digital marketing plan we actually started out in that space um, our company was the first business to be accredited with uh, what was then called the local search association because there was a lot of um, smoke and mirrors seo companies that were ripping people off yeah and so they they created this thing called the local search association they said they're going to go out and look at all the companies that are doing this or say they're doing it and like which ones are getting results. They're doing it um, honestly. They've got a reasonable price point. They've got good results and all this kind of jazz. And, and Rev Local was the very first company that they accredited. And again, this is 11, 12 years ago or so. And so, I mean, I would tell somebody that if they, you know, if they have a brick and mortar business, they need to do local SEO because 75 to 80% of the clicks, if you did a Google search, for especially for a brick and mortar business, so that could be everything from a, a restaurant to a coffee shop to an insurance agency or a roofer or plumber, or whatever. Gem. Doctor's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like you got the ads at the top. Okay, it's a sponsor. We used to say ads, now it's a sponsor. Um, some of them will even have the pay per lead, which is the uh, has the green check mark. It's like Tommy Boy. It's got that guarantee on the box, but it's uh, it's on the uh, it's, and that's a pay per lead component instead of pay per click. Then you have the you have four positions of pay-per-click, you have a map, and then you have three listings, and then you get all the websites. Mm -hmm. But if you think of what's above the fold, above the fold is the ads, the map, and the three local search listings. So guess where 80% of the action is happening? It's oh. not scrolling your thumb four or five times to go to a website. It's it's in the ads. And a lot of people say, Oh, I skip those ads, and then they just go to the maps. So guess what? Every click in the maps is free. So it takes a long time to get there. But why not go for that? That's those little leaves coming up. That's the carrots that cost you 0.0001 cent 
or carrot yeah. <laughs> instead of going to Aldi's or Kroger. So I would say if they have a brick and mortar business, they need to do local SEO. I think if they really do want some lead generation, then yes, get some, get some sort of ads going, either the uh, keyword ads on Google. So like I want to be found for best restaurant in, or I want to be found for you know, best roofer or best uh, commercial roofer. But on the flip side, um, you know, the meta channels are fantastic because those aren't keyword focused, they're avatar focused. So you can run a very targeted ad campaign. That is a person whose favorite book is this, and they're between this age and they're geofenced in this exact area. And oh, by the way, they're in these 17 groups. And it's like, you can literally get the ideal avatar and then serve your ads up to them. So yeah. they weren't necessarily looking for you like the Google people were, but you're serving it up to the right kind of people. So yeah. if you've got the budget, definitely get ads in play. If you don't have the budget then do local SEO, should you be doing social media? Sure, but I would rather see consistency than it be perfect. And it, I mean, so even if it's a couple times a week, but I'll see some people that their last Facebook post was, you know, July 4th of last year. And it yeah. doesn't look like it's even in existence. Yeah, that's, that's genius. Um, how do you stay up to date with this? Like, I mean, I feel like being another benefit to what you do is that uh, with digital marketing, it's relatively to what the internet's doing now with AI stuff. It, there's like yeah. so much, uh, it's still kind of the wild, wild west in a lot of ways. There's so much, uh, the, the like even governmental policy on like what yeah. is a scam, what isn't a scam is, is so right, hard right. to keep up with. So even someone like me, or if, if I'm a business owner listening to what you're saying, and I'm, I'm still of the mind of, oh, I can do this myself. Part of yeah. that is not like you can just, it's not like history where you learned it. And then now it's like, okay, you know, this is when the president, blah, blah, blah. No, this is like, you have to continue education on this, which takes yeah. up more time. So the convenience of you doing that is good. So how do you, how do you stay up to date with all this? Because I feel like yeah. tomorrow yes. is a whole different topic. I'd say the first thing that I do is actually our marketing team does an incredible job of putting up free content. So I actually read and or listen and or watch our free content. And the reality yeah. is they, they are, <clears throat> they are accumulating this content and curating it. And then, so they actually have a podcast uh, called marketing revelation. So somebody could actually go, go listen check it out. To, yeah, go, they could go check it out. It's uh, two awesome partners of ours. Um, you, they also have blogs. So there's something going out weekly. And I've told people that don't have the money or nonprofits that I'm that I'm engaged with that don't have the money. I just tell them like, you know, the best thing in the world that you could do is just follow our content and and just do, you know, learn, do, learn, do. So I think, and again, it could be Rev Local, it could be another company, but find some either influencers or influential companies that have got, um, that are very professional and follow their content and then just apply. So I think that's the best way. I mean, yes, I study like search engine land and things like that too. But I will tell you, Andres, the reason I don't just like nerd out on that is because I think that I, it would, it would cause me to get too far in the weeds. And, and the reason why people, the pe reason why people bought from me when I sold books, the reason why people bought from me when I sold clothing um, and here digital marketing is because they like trust and respect and um and it's engaging and there's that trust factor it's not because i could answer every seo question in many cases i'd be like you know what dude i have no idea but we've got somebody on our team that does so i'll find out that answer for you and i'll get back to you beautiful god that's so good man you know what i just followed your podcast and i uh, followed rev local on 
an Instagram. I'm I am a fan. I am a subscriber. I am now I am now going to learn so much. That's awesome. But so now last question I guess about this unless if you have some other thoughts too I would like to hear anything else that we might have missed but one one uh, one final question I have is for you how do you see the mark digital marketing industry changing like what, what are some maybe you that are in it every day it's kind of like when you ask a sports question someone who's super into like football or something yeah. and they know like what trades are coming up because they kind of know the inside for you what's kind of like the maybe something that we're sleeping on whether that be ai or something else or something to keep an eye out for that's kind of really revolutionizing the industry right now that you can kind of shed some some insight on going forward yeah i mean everybody asks me how do I think AI is going to impact this? And from everything I know, and again, it's not a ton, is a lot of the chat GPT stuff. This is this is a, a this isn't a search engine. This is a doer. This is a task. And and again, even the content that's being created is is not the best. And it's even at this point, it's old. Now, will it get better? Absolutely. Like like will will agencies like Revlogal end up using AI? Absolutely. Like um, for efficiencies. Should business owners be be looking into it, staying on top of it, studying it? Sure, you know. But at the end of the day, I think I think the most important thing is staying on point with their brand, being authentic and transparent, and uh, differentiating themselves. And I think if as long as they're doing that and they're getting that message out on these digital platforms and digital modalities, um, I, I think they are going to keep from becoming a digital dinosaur. Mm. I love it. Staying transparent. So I, I don't have anything super sexy for no. you. Video still. I mean, I would still say that. I mean, people sure. if they aren't doing video, they should be doing more and more video. But um, yeah, I'm not going to go. Again, I'm not going to get super in the weeds on that. There's probably some people that could geek out on that, and maybe some of your listeners would like to hear that. But that's what but I, I mean. But I mean, even by next month, this whatever you just said is probably going to be old. <laughs> that's just how quickly <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, but what you just said is timeless. It's like it doesn't matter what how you're marketing as long as the message itself and like the the who you are as a company is very clear to your customers people can know that they can trust you they that they like you because of your transparency and your willingness to put that message out that's big that's, well, that's... I, yeah and i think the other thing i would say is i am a big fan of donald miller's story brand i mean my viewpoint yeah um, I, I i have a theatric background so there was a time like where <clears throat> like even when i sold books it's like i'm here to save the day that was kind of like my MO when I sold books. Like I'm here to save your day. And the reality is if you think of Donald Miller's story brand, um, it's more like if you go back to Lion King, we're not Simba. We, we are not trying to take the pride land. We're actually, I'd like to say I'm, I'm the crazy little monkey. Like I'm trying to honk these people in the head to get them to their rightful place in the pride land. And so if I can help that business owner, you know, establish himself, whether he wants to, dominate, compete, or dabble in his community. So the guy's just like, I want to dominate. Like I need to conk him on the head with the with the stick and the and the, you know, what are, what are those things he had? <laughs> yeah, the the coconut yeah. or whatever. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we all know it. It's it's they make noise, they rattle uh gourds. Like a little, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's like maracas on the end of a stick, but I think they're gourds. Yeah. But the bottom line is like if I can conk him on the head and help be a guide to get them to look in the water and see who they really are. And, and who they have the ability to be uh, and become, and that company has the ability to become, then at the end of the day, as those clients win, and I have clients from my first month, March of 2012, I have clients that are still with us. And my viewpoint is if we can help them grow their business and 
we were that guide that, sh that, that, that held their hand through the process. Like that at the end of the day is what it's all about. We don't need to be the Simba, you know, <laughs> holding up the new baby. Bomb. Ah! Yeah. I mean, somebody is a Simba and not to say that people can't become Simba, but right. you know, run the race that you're, that's in front of you first, which really is the key to successful long-term marketing and digital or otherwise. It's genius. Oh man. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second. It's a sprint and a marathon same time a sprint and a marathon at the same Ooh. time everybody like we always think of it as a marathon and it's the same like with sales like there are so many people that are just like you know especially outside sales or even entrepreneurship and that sort of thing it's like man it is it is such a marathon you have to just be thinking conserve energy and 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 you know like how are you fueling your body like there's all these things and again we'll, we'll get into it at some point um 18 months ago i had a radical change in my life i kind of touched on it but some things that I made some decisions after that we'll, we'll get, let's, let's come back to that maybe after one of the breaks. But the reality is that this, this, this journey to success and significance, which is even more important than success is um, it is a, it really is that long 23 point, however many miles, but, at the, but, at, but yet we need to run those sprints. There, there are those mile markers of each day where, are we using our time as efficiently as possible and that sort of thing. Um, so I always remind people, like you have to balance and pivot. You're on that razor's edge between a sprint and a marathon at all times. It's the yin and the yang. So hmm. that's super, that's super, that's an interesting take. Cause it's, you don't, but you're not sprinting for the whole marathon. You're, you're, you're just choosing the sprint times wisely. And that's where you come in. You, do you have a good sense of when it hit? You're going to have to sprint for the next couple of months. All right, go. And then you look up. It's like, all right, now we can chill. We hit that marker. Solid. Still have 26 to go, but, you know. Or well, it's just like people talking about a balanced life. It's like, that was just such a common phrase. It's like the most successful people are never really balanced. They're out of balance in the right direction for what needs that, what needs their time at that moment. And so, you know, I've got 31, 28, and 26-year-old daughters. And there have been times where the out of balance leaned towards one of them. Like when my oldest daughter had her first child, like we swung the pendulum out of yeah. balance towards their family. Right. And then yeah. one other launching a new business, we swung the pendulum out of balance towards her, you know, and uh, my wife broke her T3 on January 31st of this year. Um, and she's like a hundred pounds and we've been together 39 years. And she called me, uh, the phone had fallen out of her hand and, called me like through Siri, like yelled at Siri to call phone was like six feet away. And she's laying in the middle of a dark parking lot on her back with a broken back. And uh, we were going to my daughter's birthday party that was about 200 yards away and nobody knew. And she called me and wow. she said, I've fallen and she's you know, 58 years old. And like, I like punched the gas. I've got my 78 year old mother in the car with me and get her and realize like, Holy crap, this is like legit. And guess what? She's in a grace. I mean, our life changed. And this was, you know, this was just this past January. And yet I still, so I was out of balance towards my wife for that period of time, you know, but guess what? I couldn't, I didn't want to let my business slip. I didn't want to let my ministry duties at my, at my church slip. I didn't want to, you know, and some of them slipped a little bit and I asked for forgiveness, but then you swing the pendulum back, you know, she's better. So I think a lot of people just want it to be linear and it just isn't life is not linear. No. We wish it was, but it's not. 
and that's the reason why I love that scroll, being master of, of my emotions, because as long as we continue to work hard, use, use our time efficiently, and keep our head right, we can keep moving forward. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's, I love that. That's a good, write that down. Somebody who is listening, Ooh, that's good to write that down. Um, before we move on to like some other, some other, and by the way, we'll probably jump back and forth here as we, as we go. But um, what, 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 what was the key to your success? Um, I'm asking about a different part of your experience with Rev Local uh, to go from, you know, the small team to this giant team. Like what, what, what key aspects of, of leadership or management yeah. can you kind of share to kind of, for anybody who's maybe has a small, like, for example, again, I'm asking our, maybe on my behalf, we have on average two to four people working on the podcast or something relating with the podcast on a, in a given month, sometimes six people, like everybody's kind of part-time, but if, how can you go from that to like 400, did you say 450? Yeah. That, and, and that's it, wild. This, yeah. But just want to be super clear is uh, those people did not, you know, very small percentage of those people reported to me, but I'm saying, so you've got, You've got a hundred and some odd in sales. Again, we're a direct sales company. So there's um, that number could change every day and, and typically does. But um, I think our, our peak was 140. I think at the time of this recording, we're in the 120s. Um, but I think at least for the component, like so our team on the operations side, um, which is the Hawks and, and the other rock stars that they have on the operations side, they... I can't speak to what they've done because they've done it masterfully. And um, so the, I would say there's about 300 now on the operations side that they've been able to grow. But I would, but if I were going to speak to what I've done the last three companies I've been with, which it, you know, has built big organizations and, um, and just principles that I think would apply across a variety of different things is get to know your people, um, open up to your people, um, Craig Rochelle is one of my favorite podcasts, leadership podcasts. People would rather follow a leader who's, you know, always real than the one who's always right. And so one of the things I tried to do is when I made mistakes, I, I would really want to be clear and upfront and, uh, hey, that's on me. I messed that up. And so it was never about being perfect or about um, thinking I was better than anybody else. I just happened to be in the seat of leadership at that time. Again, we all know leadership is, is not title, it's influence. Um, so I think, you know, as we were recruiting salespeople in all three of these positions, it was like, what do you want? It's kind of like the same thing I do with the consultative selling for business owners. Like, what do you want? Where are you trying to go? Um, what are you willing to invest to get there? So with a job, you know, uh, an entrepreneurial job is what I would call it, which is what RevLocal is. It's entrepreneurial. It's, you get to be an entrepreneur and build a brand within a brand, um, within a company and you can make really good money and you can. 1k and benefits and not some people are not wired to run a company like that's just not all those decisions is not it's just not in their bailiwick as my grandmother used to say there's a good word for you um <laughs> but but i would say um so i think the biggest thing is just really finding out what people want and then showing them how um if it does in fact is the case is showing them how the opportunity that you have for them could help them get to that next level so like at Rev Local, we say our, our mission statement is helping businesses gain and retain customers in the face of rapid change and creating an environment where people flourish. And some people, a lot of people flourish within, but sometimes that flourishing means they move on. Like for example, Patrick Dichter, we, we love Dichter. Like um, I love that, you know, and he was, on, he was on 202 
episode 202 for anybody who wants to go back. You know, but I'm just saying like Dichter knew all along he wanted to own his own company. He wanted to buy companies, you know, and he, 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 he gave so much to the company. The company gave a lot back to him as a symbiotic relationship, but then he moved on and he got some additional consulting and now he's buying accounting firms, you know, crushing. it's, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah. He's crushing it. Yeah. He's the man. I love it. And, and so that's what I'm saying is I think, but the, at the end of the day, it's, it's like, you got to figure out what it is that you want. You got to create the plan to get there. You need to set aside what it is that you want and then focus on the plan. But in many cases, focusing on the plan is focusing on the people because the people bring those superpowers that can help you get to where you want to go. So, mm. um, that's a little bit of advice I would give to people, but at the end of the day, it's one of my favorite books is um, the purpose driven life. Yeah. Um, Rick Warren. It, it, yeah. Rick Warren. It, and it just starts with, it's not about you. And I, you know, it took me a long time to learn that and um, won't go too much into it, but things in my past, I wanted to make it about me. And I learned Southwestern was really kind of the, the impetus and started with it was, it's not about me. And so can I be, um, what can I do? Like there's people both at Southwestern and Tom James and even at Red Local that I have these amazing relationships with. And it's because of pouring into their lives. So I think that's the biggest thing is make it about others and help them get to where they want to go. And in some cases it's staying with you. And in some cases it's leaving. Hmm. What, who was that? When you help people get, you, yeah, is it, was, was it a Southwestern person? Get what they want out of life. You're going to get what they want out of life. That's yeah. exactly Zig Ziglar. Yep. That's who it was. Yeah. Sorry, Zig. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's great. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, you gotta have goals. Yeah. You gotta prime that pump. If anybody has to see you, if you, uh, any of you young, anybody from Andres's age, you gotta go pull up some old Zig Ziglar. That's Z-I-G-Z-I-G-L-A-R. Some old videos of Zig Ziglar. Like one of the best ones is prime the pump. And, um, I mean, I, I, I was cutting my teeth on Zig Ziglar in 1986. And again, Southwestern introduced me to Zig. He and his little redhead from Yazoo City, Mississippi. And he talked like that. Man, he was awesome. <laughs> I remember a funny, funny story. I actually saw um, there was an organization called Success Now. This guy, Peter Lowe, would pull all these speakers together, and then they would just go around to arenas. I want to say this is 20 years ago. And if you remember for a lot of speakers, like these guys all kept them themselves, like Zig, nobody, it's, it's even like music. They, they didn't collaborate. Like they did their own thing. Like Zig Ziglar would have people, Tony Robbins would have people, Tom Hopkins would have people, nobody collabed. Well, then they started realizing like, hey, like these people are not just, they're not just reading Zig, they're reading Zig and Tony and Tom Hopkins and all these gurus, they're reading them all. Why not get together and like share each other's audiences? It's the same thing with music, right? Yeah. All the collaborations that go on. And Peter Lowe brought all these people in. And I remember the last time that they came through, Zig was, I mean, probably 80s. It was getting rough. And he and his, and his daughter walked him out and blessed Zig's heart. God rest his soul. He had like, he had just gotten up from a nap. I think she woke him up from the green room, brought Zig out. <laughs> and she's so sweet. She's like, Daddy, tell them about if they prime the pump. And she would just get him going, and it would, like, kick in, and then off he would go, and it was awesome. Well, then out of, <laughs> somewhere out of nowhere, like, a wheel would come off, and he'd be like, Boo! he'd be off in another direction that had nothing to do with it. And she's like, no, 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 Daddy, that's, that's blah, blah, blah. Hey, why don't we talk to him about this? And it was the cutest thing in the world. I looked at my wife, and I said, 
that man is not going to be with us longer. He's going to be meeting his maker. He's going to, because he always ended and I'll see you. I do mean you at the top. And he always talked about his faith, but, uh, but he, sure enough, he died like within months of us seeing him, but it was, uh, it was awesome. Check out Zig Ziglar, all you young people. Oh yeah. He's so solid. I mean, I mean, most book people probably, they probably know, at least have heard of him or seen some video of him, but that's pretty legit. I love that. <laughs> um, let's do, uh, uh, I'm going to do a quick uh, word from some of our friends here at the show, and then we'll probably hop into some Southwestern stuff and kind of go wherever the conversation takes us. Um, uh, th- just so you guys know, if this is your first episode, we are just sharing some ideas and some thoughts from some of our friends here at the show who help us put this together. So it would mean a lot to us if you listen through. Uh, but here is Pedro Vega with Cardinal Senior Benefits. Awesome. Hey guys, this is Pedro Vega with Cardinal Senior Benefits. I'm talking about leads today. Okay, leads are, are a, a system for getting in front of people. So we're not just working harder. Obviously, we all know how to do that 80 hours a week, yada, yada, yada. But working smarter, you know, instead of spending 70, 80% of our time just trying to find somebody, why not invest in leads that allow you to spend 60 to 70% of the time actually talking to somebody? It changed everything for me change my lifestyle and I wouldn't have it any other way. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys. Thanks, Andres. You guys, part of the reason why I wanted to promote Southwestern real estate as a part of this podcast is because this podcast is really honest about the book experience. It has a variety of people who are on here who are talking about what really happened with them. And the truth of the matter is we all know there's some goofy stuff that happens when you're selling books. Some of it's not so great. Some of it's just absolutely life-changing. What we wanted to do is take those fundamental building blocks and grow that up into an adult version that people can really take to the next level of their maturity and their mental health. And that's how we have built Southwestern Real Estate is taking the best of the book field and growing it up to fit adults. Heck yeah. Thanks so much, Pat, for that. And uh, if you guys want more information on how to get some ideas on working with Southwestern Real Estate or Cardinal Senior Benefits, make sure you guys click on the link below. There's going to be uh, the, it's just going to say, if you want to learn more about our friends here at the show, click here, click here. You can actually get more information and get set up with Pat and or Pedro. So uh, let's go back to the show here. RJ is with us still. Um, okay, man. So many questions still for you. <laughs> Sorry, this is like I just get nerded up about like marketing stuff. So when someone's on here, I'm like, let's get into it. Um, let, let's uh, change the gears real quick. And again, some of this is probably going to lead back to some of the stuff that you're talking about that uh, the, and how it's affected some of the more recent events in your life. Um, but I always like to start back with how you got recruited in the first place. So we're, we're back at Ohio University, oh, where, where you're a cheerleader <laughs> and, a frater- and a fraternity brother. So yeah. how, how did you first hear about Southwestern? How did you decide this is what you needed to do that summer? This is a great story. This is what I've told, I've told, I mean, hundreds of times. So uh, like I said, I met this guy, Joe Mateka, I want to say in fall quarter of uh, 1985. And he, he uh, right away started telling me about this, this selling books thing. And he had made like, like $6,000. And uh, so anybody that didn't sell books that's listening to this, like, I mean, that's pretty good money. You know, if you think 1985, making six grand. And I was like, bro, I'm an international business major. I'm going to Japan to teach English. Like I had, I had locked in this super cool deal. And I was pretty pumped because I'd taken three years of Japanese. I was studying um language, culture, history. I was training uh, karate at that time. So I was just enveloping myself in the community and I was just in the Japanese community at Ohio U and I was like, I can't wait to go to Tokyo and teach, teach English. Well, like I said, you, you kind of heard that he ended up um, 
he ended up getting me to do cheerleading, uh, which my wife, um, she, she's upstairs right now. And she always hears me tell this story. Like I, I went to OU, I was going to, I was probably going to wrestle and uh, I was like rolling around with sweaty dudes or lifting up pretty girls in the air. And I ended up doing the, um, and, and lifting pretty girls in the air. And she was my girlfriend at the time. Um, I, I tell her now, like 38 years later, like, babe, I wasn't with those girls. I, I was with you, you know, I'm still with you, you know, but we, we're she's just, and, and grab, yeah, like we're here. We've got three grown kids. Like everything's good. Uh, all that to say though. So a, a buddy of mine, um, named Larry actually, um, did four years in the, in the military. He was two years ahead of me in high school, four years in the military. He comes back and he, and I see him on campus at OU. I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, bro, I just, I got my, you know, GI bill and I'm, I'm, on school i'm like no way and he's like bro let's join a fraternity so at this point i'm a junior and i'm like no man I, i'm i'm not buying my friends you know <laughs> and i'm like yeah. i don't need to do that it, it, we, we kind of had fun with it i'm like I'm, I'm going i'm halfway through my junior year why would i join a fraternity he's like come on man let's at least go to the parties and then i said all right dude if we're gonna go to the parties i'm at least gonna go we're gonna go to the sigma chi house at ohio university first and the reason why is because my buddy joe was a sigma chi and actually a couple other cheerleaders were Sigma guys. So I was like, I at least knew these guys. So I ended up doing that. We, we had 10 weeks to rush us through because we had been on probation, very common for Sigma guys. Um, <laughs> and so they're like, rush us through real quick. And, uh, and so I go through it, I go through hell week and I'm in finals week. Um, and so went through hell week, I'm in finals week, I'm in between my finals and I get a phone call that Japan was off. I'm like, what? Like, dude, I'm leaving in a week for Japan and it's off. And I'm walking down Court Street. Anybody that knows Athens, Ohio, it's it's the it is just the perfect little college town. And my buddy Joe is walking towards me and he's like, Oh, like what is going on? Because I was just like, Oh man, dude, Japan fell through. You know, lots of bros, lots of dudes, you know. And he's like, he looks at me, he's like, bro, you need to sell books. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the selling books thing. And he's like, no, seriously. He's like, all right. He goes, you don't need to commit to doing it. He goes, but I'm just going to see if I can get you an interview. Like if I can at least just get you an interview with this guy named Joe V. So Joe V played football at like Edinburgh. It's like 6'3", baby blue eyes, big dude. Just everybody knows Joe V, top sales guy. He was uh, actually at our weekend that we just spent got to hang out with him. It's just amazing. Love you, Joe V. And uh, he goes, I'm going to get you an interview. He goes, but I cannot promise you anything. So I was just like, Bro, okay, man, you're my big B in the fraternity. You got me to do cheerleading. I'll at least go on an interview. So he calls me back and he goes, dude, I got the interview. We leave in three days, but I got you an interview. I can't promise you what's going to happen. All of a sudden, people are like, everybody listening who sold books is like, right. Yeah, right. And so basically, yeah, like, an hour, my 21st team. like an hour and 15 minutes later, this is literally June of 1986. <laughs> Joe V leans over and he's like, he's like, if you can look me in the eye, shake my hand, tell me that you can, that I can count on you. You'll work hard, study hard and be teachable. He goes, I'll give you an opportunity to come sell books with us. And Joe Mateka leans back in his chair. He's on the same side of the table. Joe V leans forward in the chair and he's got his hand out, extended to me. And Joe's like, <laughs> and he's like, just, and Joe V's just got his eyes like this. I'm going to look at the camera. He's just like this the whole time. Just like dead eyes. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so Please three days later, 
three days later, I'm literally in Nashville, Tennessee. And my dad calls home to my grandmother who helped raise me and says, you know, they called me Ronnie. He's like, Hey, where's Ronnie? At? Is he, is he getting ready to leave for Japan? She's like, no. He's like, well, what's he doing? He's going to go sell books door to door. Where's he going to be? My dad was in his two weeks of military duty. Uh, he was like 30 years in the military. So he's at his two weeks away. And he goes, uh, where's he going to be? And my grandmother goes, I don't know. No, no. What's he going to be selling? I'm really not sure. <laughs> Who's he going with? Two guys named Joe. <laughs> he met them last week or whatever. Yeah, literally within days. And then I, I think at my hotel, he somehow or another got the number we talked. And my dad said, you know, you need to come home. This sounds like a scam, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dad, I'm a man. I'm going to do this. Ah. And basically he, he, he essentially said, if you're making the decision to do this, then you're doing it because you're not coming home. Yeah. And it was kind of like tough love. And yeah. uh, we can get into what that looked like, but uh, that's the way I got recruited. I was there four days later and uh, spent a week at sales school. Dan Moore was the best, you know, met Moore Dutley, you know, all that kind of wow. stuff. Yeah. Good so that's time. how I got recruited, man. It was, it was awesome. Four we days have, later, learning my we, sales script while we're driving down to Nashville from Columbus. Oh yeah. We have that. We have a similar recruitment story. My, my story is very, very I, Wednesday of finals week. Didn't even know when we were leaving. My dad was like, same thing. My dad said the same thing. Because, well, they just he asked me, he goes, did you already shake their hand and say you're going? Yeah. And I go, yeah. He goes, well, I guess, I mean, I ain't seeing you till August. Like, I didn't raise a quitter. I was like, all right. Yes, sir. (laughs) By the way, $6,000 is now the equivalent of $17,000 in 2023. So not a bad gig for the summer if you're selling, if you're, if you know, if you're in college. Pretty that was so good. Joe, Joe would take it. So then when he said he did that in like 10 weeks and I had only eight, so I needed to beat him. So, so I think I yeah. was like 7,600 in eight weeks. So that's not um, bad. If Joe's listening. I did. I did beat your first summer job. Just remember that. There you go, Joe. <laughs> now, now, how did you, so you had a great first summer. Yeah. I always like to ask, we, I, we, you know, we have people that sold tons of summers, but, I always love focusing on the first one because that's oh, the one man. that's just like, yeah. that's, that's the, the one. one. Most memories. Yeah. The yeah. First summer, most memories. It's just, it's so weird how, I don't even know. We haven't even delved into why that is, but it's probably cause it's like the first time first things happen, right? It's yeah. the first time where you witness like the day where almost nobody bought. And then the last yes. house buys at 10 o'clock. Yeah. We all have a memory of that. We all have a memory of like the funny thing that happened at the HQ or like the the weird thing that happened with a funny mom or a funny dad like it, it but that's when it first hits you in the car problems right so where did you go there for dog interactions yeah. dog <laughs> dogs on chains dogs getting dogs getting loose i mean everything pimples and chihuahuas dude backyards oh yeah chihuahuas are the worst i think <laughs> honestly right? and yeah. i'm willing i'm willing to say this publicly i'm willing to let people know i met chihuahuas i met pimples in my life and I got bit twice, both by chihuahuas. I hate chihuahuas. <laughs> Pitbulls, I own a pitbull. Yeah, <laughs> chihuahuas yeah, are rough. They're, they're, yeah, they're nicer dogs in general. Yeah. I mean, you get the ones family where like they specifically train the pitbull to take your head off if you get too close. Oh, yeah. But like they trained them that way. Like that was because, but most of the time it's just like the pitbulls are the ones that are like laying down at your feet. Just yeah. the chihuahuas are barking the whole time. You're trying to get that sale and you're like, dude, I'm just trying to do the demo. <laughs> just get away. Anyway, tangent on dogs there. But okay, where did you go that first summer? First summer, Ponca City, Oklahoma. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, That's it was, good territory. It was now, Houston was second summer. It was more humid. 
but it was hot first summer away. Like, I mean, I'd gone to camp for like a week, you know, every, every year as a kid, <laughs> church camp and stuff like that. But like, dude, like being away between sales school and uh, the eight weeks of selling the, the deliveries, like you know, 10, 10 and a half weeks away from the family. It was, it was crazy. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just the whole concept of like selling in low in, in lower inner, inner city and that kind of that lower brick, um, in the beginning. Um, and I, and they, and Ponca city, like I had this perfect little town where I started in the beginning and the, the screen doors were like, had holes in them. And I mean, it was just, it, it truly was like, it, it was poverty. It was definitely poverty. Like, come on in, you know, it's all that stuff. And I got a lot of demos in and all that. And, and by my fifth week, I think I hit PC or mm-hmm. no fourth or fifth. I, I forget that that's cloudy now, but, and, uh, and then, then I think I got like 840 um, was my, was, I don't think we had a wow. title for it, but 840 units was probably my best, um, my best week. It's not known as chairman's by the way. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't think yeah. it was chairman's back then, but, but it was just this picture perfect little summer where I went from the low income and I worked my way up into the bigger brick. I stayed in that, that same town the whole summer. Um, yeah, it was, it, it's just, I have so many incredible memories. Rode a moped. Did you get a blue light special? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to remember how I, I think I got somebody that sold it used and spent a hundred bucks on 150 bucks on or whatever. And yeah, my, my HQ was great. Like I got some good stuff for you on that. So, okay, well let's, let's, let's jump into those. Cause I, I mean, unless one of these is like your ponytails, by the way, people who are listening, we usually have our guests save their favorite one or two stories for the end. So we can close yeah. on a big note. Cause as we know in Southwestern, it's not how about you start. It's all about how you finish. <laughs> and oh, so, man. and so we have you like typically share the best stories, like the best one or two ah. stories at the end, but everything else feel free to share. I mean, generally speaking when it comes to hqs it's always this hilarious situation so to for people who don't know we actually haven't explained this in a long time an hq yeah. is what we call the place where you live for the summer it's usually some yeah. empty nester family that hosts you or a pre like another alumni or most often is when is a family you found at some church that you went to the sunday yeah. before you started selling yeah. <laughs> which is our case how did you well, find your I, I just, yeah i always have to do this i always love to tell people that um like there are times where we would do interviews once I got into interviewing my second through my fifth summer and it was like, you, you, you do the flush at the door. Cause you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's just, it's just, I just know this isn't going to be right. And so I, my, my standard line and I have it so memorized cause I still say it now to people when I tell them about selling books is I just say, you know, Hey, are you here for that interview? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the interview the, with the college credit. I'm like, yeah. So real quickly it's, it's uh, so what we're doing is we're selling books door to door. It's 80 hours a week. And it's straight commission and, and you're going to be paying all your own expenses and you're going to be living with a family that you have to find by yourself. Is that something that you'd be, Oh, you're not. Okay. Yeah. I just thought I would just run it by you and just let you know. Um, some of the others are interested, but Hey, thanks so much for coming. By. Beautiful. <laughs> and we would just move them on their way. So now to this day, like, yeah, for anybody that's not a Southwestern person listening, like, yeah, we would, we would knock on doors to find, to find, um, where we were going to live for this. Yeah. Now sometimes they're already set up, but most of the time, they weren't and well, it's almost actually, better when they weren't i don't think i ever i don't think i ever had one uh, i'm trying to think through the five yeah none of them none of them were set up it was I, like we had to go find them. that's so crazy and i think that's actually what makes because here's the deal i had an active guy and by the way shout out to nick warner he used to he used to be a, a sponsor on the show they do active and they sell you know pest control door-to-door i don't know if you ever heard of it but i had a guy knock on my door and he, he was the first door-to-door sales guy i've had since we 
since I became a homeowner, like my wife and yeah. I just bought a house here in March and I would go, Oh shit. It's like, it's happening, but <laughs> uh, we don't, we don't necessarily need pest control. It's like a new build. So it's like not necessarily like in direct right. need of it. And so, so I told him, I was like, Hey man, uh, <laughs> I just opened the door. I'm like, Hey, listen, uh, do you, I, I'm not buying, but I'm willing to tell you about my neighbors. Like, if you want to go across the street, blah, blah, blah. You know, I gave him some pre-approach. And I was like, you want some water? He goes, sure. He was like, do you want a sandwich or anything? He goes, no, I'm yeah. good. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, the way that we would have loved to be treated. And then I go, by the way, I run a podcast where I interview people who went door-to-door for Southwestern. And then we got into the whole conversation about, like, how, you know, the, anybody else who goes door-to-door has a similar experience. But I was like, yeah. I, I understand you have pretty similar experiences. And overall, you could probably have some really funny stories. But it's a little different. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just hard to explain. I I know it sounds kind of condescending or pretentious, but but it is different. And HQs is definitely one of those things where it's like nobody has to do this. It's like I I greatly respect our military. You know, but you think of the bond that people have in the military. And some people have actually had bullets shot at them and others haven't, but they've still gone through basic training. They've still gone through, they've been in the trenches together. Now we're we're not talking World War One or World War II trenches. But, you know, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that have got these bonds. And I think that's, that's why like that event this past weekend was so much fun because we're just connecting with people telling old stories because we've all been through that thing. So yeah, that first, that first HQ, um, we, we, um, it was like, it was like a little, I don't want to say cabin because that almost makes it sound really cool, but it, 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 it wasn't like an Airbnb. It like the lady threw a mattress down and gave us a sheet. And, and Joe and I slept in the same bed, same mattress. I should not, it wasn't even a bed, it was a mattress. And um, like, like it was like a king size. So we, we kept our backs to one another and so forth. But it was like, we, and we had, we had no, um, no, uh, I'm trying to remember if we, I don't think we had any heat, but it was, it was Oklahoma. Like we didn't need heat. You didn't need heat. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like we were sweaty messes, but, um, and then we had no hot water. So like, so that's another crazy thing for anybody that doesn't know about selling books is like they recommend cold showers. Now, what's so cool is cold plunges are so hot right now. Yeah, like, well, we've we known cold plunges back before it was cool, before, man. Before it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, double entendre for sure. And uh, it's no problem. Showers because we had, I mean, we were in and out like four minutes and we were, we had our perfect little breakfast spot that we were at by, you know, by 6.45. Yeah. And then he had a, he had a cougar. I'm trying to remember his, it's like a Mercury Cougar that had a bad muffler. And he would drop, before I got my moped, he would drop me off at 740 because he had to get to his turf like 20 minutes away. Drop me off at 740. And I hear, <laughs> and, it was just like, and it's like 741. And I'm like, and he'll be back at like 945 because we knocked until 10. Back yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the way to like, do it. This oh. is, that's just the experience. And it's so crazy. It's so crazy that we did that. Oh, it's so crazy that we did that. And I learned pretty quickly, book appointments for 8 a.m. and book appointments at 9 p.m. Yeah. So I always bookmarked my day as I got as I got going. I realized, like, I'm going to get that mom that I could do. She takes her kids to camp, and she's back by 8 a.m. And she can do that 8. And then she, I, I'd book her best friend at 8.45, so I'd, or I'd get the two of them together or whatever. And I'd always book the lady that needed her husband. I'd let him get a beer or two and I'd go see him. I'd, I'd have like an eight o'clock and a nine o'clock and yep. typically closes, you know, to end yeah. the day. So. That's how you do it. I mean, it, it, once it's amazing how quickly 
and maybe this is a testament for anything in life, but if you just dive in deep end on something and you give it three to four weeks of just full commitment, we're just doing not doing anything. It, that is a, it's a unique experience. Who was I talking to about this? I think it was, might've been Phil Zolke. Shout out to Phil in Southwestern real estate again, but Phil I, we, over the weekend when we were at the alumni dinner, you know, we were talking with my wife and my mom, we were having lunch and just talking about how crazy it is that we all did this. I mean, there was 800 of us at that thing. And that was like, we all did this. All of us did this like crazy. And, and, and Phil pointed out, he goes, I, I don't, I don't know anything else in life that you can just, whether because you can, or just because you have the, uh, from a standpoint of like physical can do it, or just the opportunity to do it where you can just dump your entire being into something for 12 weeks and not have to worry about it because later on you have kids marriage house building like those are like things you have to attend to we're talking about balance where it's like you can just literally go everything else can go buzz off and for 12 weeks for 85 to 90 hours a week plus a couple hours of just relaxing time i'm just gonna just throw myself into this and the how quickly you develop those skills i mean just even the little things that you shared right there are such advanced skills from okay. like, hey, sitting appointments at the beginning of the other day. So you're always guaranteed to have like a solid sit down at the beginning and the end of your day. And you don't have to be worried about cold calling in the dark. Like just little nuggets of wisdom like that where you think it's natural because we've just done it so many times. But at the beginning, you're so lost. And how quickly you can develop those skills when you're just so committed to something like that is, I think, really remarkable. So, so in Oliver Summers, like I always tell people, the, the first day of the summer, like the second, third, fourth, or fifth year, Cause it's like all year of like great recruiter seminar and like, you know, we got our sizzler trip and we got our, um, we had, um, we, we would do a ski trip, um, yep. that, uh, that Soder had, um, he, um oh my gosh. there was key persons meeting in the fall yeah. and there was like, all this stuff. like, it's like, it's all building up to the summer and you get, it's so much fun. You're going to love it. It's hard. But you, and then all of a sudden you, it's like, then you're there. And, and even sales school, like we're, if you're a leader, you're just all over the place, you know, helping people. But then, but then the first day hits and you're like, holy crap, I'm doing this again. Like, yeah. did I seriously sign up for this? Like, and then it's like, there, and there's a lot of people, as we all know, a ton of people quit, like a um, ton of people quit. So by the way, my, one of my ponytail stories, and we'll come back to it, is you say, tell me, tell me about the guy that I want you to remind me, tell me about the guy who quit. Um, tell okay. me about the, guy, the ponytail story. So I don't forget it. Um, the guy there was plenty of guys but there'll be one guy that i want to highlight as i in this okay as I, I put it on the chat the guy i'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this that's well maybe let's jump to that point where you know you're right i i think if you were to pick like five craziest days uh of the book field in general sure. it's the first day well really the first day of sales school where you're like oh, what in the world is this like right, right. <laughs> next is your first day of right um, if it's sometimes this is the next one is the same as your first day, which is if you have a customer, like the first time you get a customer, sometimes they're not always the same day as your first day, but if yeah, you got right. lucky, that's good. But either way, you'll remember like, you're like, Oh my God, it works. <laughs> I said the words they told me I, yeah. I did the thing. I'm sitting down. This lady just gave me a check for $500. Like, right. Right. <laughs> in the world. Uh, the first delivery day. I think yeah. like your first day of deliveries when you're just like, Oh man, a whole different ball game when you go deliver. Yeah. And then the first time or your last day where you're like, it's done. And you start driving back to Nashville. That's a big day. And then the first day of your ne- second summer, because that's the one where you just said, you just said it's everybody that sold more than one summer is like, can I really do this again? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so many ups and downs your first summer and all of a sudden you go oh no <laughs> so and, I, and i even allowed myself once i get into the summers and soder knew this is so funny is i actually got to the point where i would allow myself because i could sell it a pretty pretty solid clip i'd allow myself a, a day because i'm like you know what i'm out i'm out of college now i'm gonna allow yeah. myself a day to be off schedule i'm gonna hey hey craig i'm splitting up my numbers so if he saw if he saw like a 125 unit day and, and 120, he knew I had 250 on one of those days. <laughs> and yeah, just, and I just broke it up. And you know what? And I just said, you know what? I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna allow myself to go watch a movie. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to, and that, and then I would be. And the, and the thing is, is I didn't plan those days. I didn't plan. It's kind of like I would. I'd have a bank run. I'd have this. I'd have that. And it's like as a leader. And then it'd be like, holy crap! I'm ten, I'm 10 o'clock. And then I'd be like, is this the day? It'd be like, yeah. Yep, it's the day. I'm doing it. Yeah. Honestly, there's people listening to this. This is a controversial what you're saying right now. For for people who didn't sell books and are listening, this is controversial what you just said. But honestly, I lean so hard on that. First of all, my first, second summer is on schedule. Second, fourth summer is terribly off schedule. And I would say, and I've argued this, that is the full Southwestern experience. There's like the full Southwestern experience of like, and we've had the people where it's like, I sold 12 summers and I wasn't a single minute off schedule. And you're like, okay, well, good for you. Congrats. But you missed out on the bliss of like a one o'clock matinee show on a Wednesday of a movie. And you're like this and it's empty. With yeah. 90 degrees, 90% humidity, and you get to yeah. see a day by yourself. The In the AC, and you're like, this is great. I'll watch yeah. it again. And you know <laughs> what? And here's, oh, we would, we would absolutely do that. We'd either watch it again or we'd just walk out and go to the next theater. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, what else is showing over here? All right. see three movies in a row. But the whole point is like I, that, I almost would be, like I said, it was about my third, fourth this summer that I would do that. And I had a big organization. I was making good money from that. I was still popping six seven eight hundred unit months yeah. i really didn't care to be a thousand every excuse me not month but week weeks i'm so used yeah. to replicable and tom james yeah. but uh i was okay with with being in the sevens and eight hundreds and all that yeah. and, and and then having a life as well yeah and the other thing is like that first summer i'll just tell you like saturdays we so so the two things i'll mention about that first summer is saturdays we would go to oklahoma state university and we had a guy named Paul Clark who was our roommate. So Joe, Joe and I were fraternity guys, civil guys. Joe uh, and then Paul Clark didn't drink. He, um, it, it, I would say this lovingly, especially if he even heard it. I haven't heard from the guy in thirty years, so if anybody knows Paul Clark, tell him to listen to this. But Paul, Paul was like this nerdy dude. He slept on a cot. We we had the king size mattress. He, he was so funny. He would air he would air dry. He wouldn't use towels to dry off. He would air dry. He was like this skinny, very intellectual guy. Didn't sell a lot, but bro, he did the whole summer. I was so freaking proud of this guy. So he would drive us to Oklahoma State from Ponca City. So Stillwater, Eskimo Joe's and all that. And we would we would get done at like eight o'clock on Saturday. And we would be at Oklahoma State by nine. And we would stop by the fraternity house. There was always parties going on. And we, <laughs> we would party Saturday nights. Dude, we and then Joe was like our like, Paul was our DD and he would drive us back and there were literally Sunday mornings where we he would bring out a change of clothes for us, and Mateka and I were asleep in that Mercury <laughs> on Sunday morning. And then we had a three-hour drive to our Sunday morning meetings. Three-hour yeah. drive. So we'd leave at 7 a.m. We were still drunk. Like, I'm t- Joe and I were st- – and, jo- and, and, and Paul would drive us. And I'm telling you, I wasn't living the same way I'm living now. And it's probably one of the reasons I live the way that I live now is because I did all that. 
And it was so, it, it, I would wake up an hour and a half into our drive and it'd be like 8.30 and we were on our way to meet. And we had, everybody else had a half an hour, hour, hour and a half drive. We had three hours because we were yeah. three days. They're like, ah, Matejka and his guys, they'll be fine. And um, and we would cha- we'd go into the hotel bathroom, we would wash up, change our clothes, and then come out for the Sunday. that's awesome and here's the deal there's people listening going oh how could like i could you know like it's so funny when you have people who is like hey man it's part of the experience it's okay and again as you said if you're first year listening to this go do the thing if because we have people who are right now on the book do not be off together your first summer go yeah go sell books but we're talking about like when you sold and and i always used to train people this way there's like listen if you can and have the ability to just consistently crank out 800 units a week 600 units a week and then you want to take a sunday or a saturday afternoon off go for it but until you figured out how to like just be able to turn that on go crush it and then be like eh then don't do that. Maybe that's what you need to be working on because that's you've proven that you have a skill that you've refined. At, at that point, when you when you're cranking numbers like that, you know yeah. you're not breaking company records, but you're still making quite a bit of money yeah. for the you, job. You you're say, just don't go back to the HQ. Like just yeah. don't go back to quarters. Like I never did that. Through, yeah, right, exactly. Because it was a cancer. Anyway, number one, you had told the <clears throat> the leaders had told the people, um, the families that were hosting the kids is they won't be home through the day. So you have that kid that started coming back and then the, oh, and then the parent felt conflicted or that family felt conflicted. Like that was bad on the company. Um, and then for two, the other roommates, it's affecting your other roommate. They could get yeah. kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that you're sharing this because it, it, it's so funny. One of the, one of the best things that I've learned doing this podcast is that we all had similar experiences, even the bad ones. And by bad ones, the fact that we're even calling being off schedule a bad experience, like it's not, it was actually a great experience. Some of my favorite memories were the times that I was off schedule selling books because I got to learn about myself in a different way. I learned what my boundaries were. I learned like what my limits were. There was, I'm one of those people that if you were to ask me, I sold one too many summers, probably arguably two too many summers, but like I would have known that without that experience. So I got what I needed from the summer still. If it just because it didn't, because it wasn't units and money doesn't make me a bad person. It just means that I, you know, lied about when I was working, which is, I guess that could make me a bad person, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's okay. It's okay that I, that happened. It was, I, it was during my internship in college. Like it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I would say that there was like, even the off schedule bill, we talked about the off schedule bill. It's, it was so ingrained. Like I almost like if I saw a cop car my first summer and I was thinking about it, get off schedule, like I almost thought like that cop was going to tell Craig Sutter. Like, like yeah, it was just like, like I know I was like, I was so wired. And again, I don't think the company was doing it. It was all about their money. I think it was, I think it was more about, it was teaching me discipline because I knew des- discipline on a wrestling mat and I knew discipline in track and I knew discipline in other things but i didn't know discipline in business or sales and so yeah that first summer i, I mean there were so many people off, summer, off schedule and I, I ended up being the number one guy in our group and one of the top and blah 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 and all this stuff and i'm like what i found is i it wasn't that i was really that much better it's like i was the only one that was working the whole time yeah and it's like i, I just literally and then i would find out like i'd be off at lunch or whatever and somebody would tell me that i'm like <gasps> you saw a movie and it was like oh my gosh like you know, and it was, it was, um, and I just didn't want that cancer to eat me up. But I will tell you that I applied that if we, if we want to say like what it gave to me in the business world, 
like one of the reasons I had a successful career at Tom James was because I learned to use that off schedule bill and in my favor. And it's like, it, if I'm, mm. if I'm attending, there's a tremendous book called leadership and self deception by the Arbinger Institute. It's probably 20 years ago it came out, but it, it talked about that. If you intend to do something, if you have an intention to do something and then you override that intention and don't do what you should have done or what you had intended to do, you're actually chinking away at your self-image. And I realized, you know, so, so for example, if we say we're going to get up and work out and then we don't, you are, you are chinking away at your self-image. Mm. Now, do I give myself, and we'll, at some point we'll get into kind of like my, my fitness regime and stuff like that in the last 18 months that's drastically changed. Like, do I give myself mulligans? Do I give myself a break? Yes. But lots of times I give it to myself the night before. I don't give it to myself in the moment because I'm teaching my brain in the morning that if we've decided we're getting up at this time, then we're getting up at this time. Tony Robbins talks about that. He does a cold plunge every morning because he wants to remind his body, like I am in control over you, over my lizard brain, et cetera, et cetera. And so mm -hmm. that was the thing that I think my 20 years at Tom James is the reason I had a, a, a you know, successful career there, um, lots of stock and lots of amazing trips and uh, big teams and regional vice president, blah, 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 and all that kind of jazz is, is because I learned to use that off schedule bell. But guess what? I never missed anything my daughters did. And I will say this, it's one of the reasons is my dad wasn't able to come to a lot of things I went to. So I would be the dad sitting in the rain in a three-piece suit and French cuffs at my daughter's when they would cheer at a football game. Like, and I'd be with mm. all the mom at 3.30 because I made the decision I had intended. And so I would, so I, I kept that off, that off schedule bell. I, I used, I learned to use that when I needed to, but then I would take the time like, no, 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 I'm done three o'clock and I'm driving to my daughter's game and we didn't miss anything. Like our girls would say that, like we were the parents that went to, and, yeah. and the dad, dad was there all the time. You know, and it's interesting because we, we talked about balance and we alluded to balance earlier, but that is balance, right? That the, there is a, there is something to, uh, and maybe balance is the wrong word that we're using because people think of balance of like trying to juggle multiple things, but maybe that's not quite the word. The word might be uh presence, right? So, and what I mean by this is this. So one of the, um, in your case, right? You're busting your ass, like you're working so many hours a week, you're doing this, but your daughters are doing their thing. And that's important to you, right? People have priorities. Some people don't care about that, which doesn't make them a bad parent, right? And some people do care about that, which doesn't make them necessarily a good parent. It just means that to you, those are your priorities. And that's totally great. The difference is, or in, in your case of going to the movies, right? Is just be where you are, right? Because it doesn't, it wouldn't have been great if you're watching your daughter's, but you're, or you're at your daughter's thing, but then you're on the phone with clients. You're still at work. You're just at your daughter's thing, right? And that's, that's a huge distinction. So for example, if you're, if you, when you were selling books and you were going to watch a movie, you better be watching that movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It like, it, 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 it'd be stupid to be watching a movie and try to memorize your sales talk you know, or something right. like that, because you're well, not, you're actually not present in either of the well, things. That's the thing. it's like, you know, we're talking about being off schedule. Like I would have this overwhelming guilt about being off schedule until I flipped a switch and said, dog on it. I made the decision that I'm doing it. I am going to do this and I'm going to do it until I, I've got some appointments this evening. I'm going to do it until gravy. I'm going to take from 10 to five. So gravy yeah. doesn't know that's, that's in the evening when the parents are home and you get both parents sitting in front of you. And I would say, you know what? I'm going to take from 10 to five. I've got to go to the post office. I've got to do some things. I'm going to get yeah. some, I'm going to get some errands done, but you know what? I'm going to go see that movie and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm not going to have guilt over it. And so 
I think it, it took me to my fourth or fifth summer before I was able to actually, and I had graduated from college at that point. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a business professional. I'm a field manager yeah. in the field. Like, I'm going to go enjoy this movie. It's I'm making okay. good money. I'm having fun. And you're and, still doing your thing. You're still yeah, leading your organization sure. well because you're like they, they would always tell you in Southwestern, the best way to be a good OL or whatever is to sell a lot of books. That's step one. It's like, cool. Check. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm doing that. I, I right, can still, right. I could, because you need that. Like in your brain, it, it, a lot of people often say this, it, we, we, and we can get into your fitness regimen now if you wanted to, because you, you alluded sure. to this. I'd love to do that. Um, a lot of people talk about this too, where it's like just my chiropractor says this to me, he goes, hey, talk listen to your body like sometimes it's totally okay even if you're like you are talking about discipline and there's this like balance of like oh but my muscles hurt so maybe i shouldn't you know but I, i'm gonna do it despite my muscles hurting because i'm not like uh, i'm not a wimp i'm gonna like don't be a wimp weakness you know pain but sometimes it's like dude if your knee is saying it's gonna pop if you go and squat this maybe don't squat that maybe don't yeah. do that right because it's better to have a healthy knee and a day off that you miss your discipline regimen versus like you busted your knee and now you can't lift for two years because you got to heal. You know, you know what I'm saying? Or like, so there's like this, uh, there's a, there's a sense of like, Hey, sometimes in your case, going to the movies, it set you at ease. It took a lot of pressure off of you and it, it made it so that you didn't feel exhausted. So when you hit those five o'clock families and you were sharp, and then yeah. you sold, you know, or uh, we, you could argue that is what I'm saying. So um, tell me about this. I'm interested to yeah, hear what you, what you're, this 18 months. The best way to describe this phase, this change in my life. Um, so again, used to be an athlete. Um, uh, wrestling and track were my two biggest sports, but I've done other things as well. Uh, got, really got into working out and lifting. And um, so you know, put up some good numbers on the bench and stuff, weighing 150, 160. Uh, double my weight, you know, subtle flex there, uh, back, back in like 1980, 85. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's like, you think back to those days and my wife, like will show girls pictures of dad, you know, back in the day. Well, it's like, I got into being a dad and I got into business world and this and the other. And it's like my fitness regimen pretty quickly just kind of went by the wayside. And so by the age of 30, it's like, I would have these, these little short sprints usually at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, oh, I need to get back into it. I need to get back in. Well, 18 months ago, so I'm five, eight and a half. Um, program says five, but I'm probably five, eight and a half. <laughs> especially. Um, but I was like 255. Like that's chunky. Like that's pushing maximum density. And at the end of the day, I, I really was, you hear the analogy, fat and happy. I was fat and happy. Like I hadn't really challenged myself a ton. Late. I mean, COVID was a challenge and obviously pivoting and, learning to take outside salespeople and make them inside salespeople. Like, like there are certainly some challenges there. <clears throat> I hadn't done martial arts in a number of years, which I had done. Again, I was a grappler. I was a wrestler. I got into Ishan Ryu, Shoran Ryu, Shotokan Karate, different styles of stand-up. But I just kind of let all of that stuff go. And 18 months ago, lost my father-in-law and just was really kind of praying through meditating on like, am I, am I, Am I being the best self that I can be for my family, for my parents that are living, for my kid, my daughters, their husbands, my, my granddaughters? And I realized I needed to make a radical change because, like, for example, Craig Sober, Soder, seven years ago, like, was riding his mower. And, and Craig and I rebuilt a friendship because I had launched the Nashville market for Red Local 
and I was going down. So here's my old sales manager. That was my mentor, my hero. And um, here we are, how many years later? This is probably call it nine, 10 years ago. And I was, you know, it was 10 years ago. And I was coming down and he was like, stay, stay with Janet and I at the house. And we're rebuilding this friendship. And it was just amazing. And then seven years ago, I get a call in March um, and he just fell off his mower, heart attack and died. And it's like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like I'm headed down that path. And so and I guess if I'm speaking to anybody else that's my age or just let these things go, it's, I just said, okay, that's, that's not right. And honestly, as a Christian, I happen to be a Christian. I'm like, this is my temple. Like I'm not taking care of my temple. God gave me this body. And, and then I started looking at it like, I wonder if I could really fine tune this. Like what, what could happen? What could I become? Who could I be? Who could I influence? And so, yeah, so I, I just made a radical change and I said, Hey, this is not a, this is not going to be a January to mid February thing. This is going to be a new lifestyle. And I went from getting up at 6.30 in the morning and having my first calls by 7 or 7.15, which quite frankly was a lot of my life. I never had time in the morning. I'd have a few minutes for a little devotional, a little real quickie, you know, sort of thing. Um, not quickie, but uh, my wife's probably like, oh my gosh, don't say quickie. Um, not that there wasn't ever quickies, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but I'm, just saying, I'm, still, I'm still madly in love with my wife. But um, the it was just like everything was really rushed. And then it was like, get on a call or, or at yeah. Tom James, get down to my office. Bookman schedule. Like, yeah, it really was. And so I made the decision. I'm going to, I'm going to do 5am club. I'm going to start getting up at 5am. And I actually shifted my hours back and I, and I passed my readers and my, my responsibilities at Red Local and just said, and we just kind of agreed, like, let me just sell for a little while. What I've been teaching, you know, my team members and leaders how to do, and let's just figure out what kind of comes out of it. So that's 18 months ago. And, uh, and in the meantime, I mean, I had like no appointments because all my, all my recurring calls got, got taken off the calendar. And I just said, you know, I'm going to start work at 9.30 or 10 in the morning. And I'm going to have an evening in the morning. And I, I'm going to have from 5 until 9.30 or 10 to myself and with my wife. And so my schedule, uh, and it hasn't changed a ton, but it's, it's get up. Um, I'm, an, I'm super ADD if you haven't figured it out. So I, in today's world, if I try and read at night or read early in the morning, I'm going to fall asleep because I'm an, I'm an energy person. I need to be with people. And if I sit down and read, it's like next thing you know, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so like trying to get up for me, trying to get up and read the Bible. Like, okay, so what I started doing is I went to Audible or I went to like with the Bible, I did the Audible version of it. And, in, and, and if I can keep my hands busy, this is from James Clear, um, uh, Atomic Habits, who's a Columbus guy, by the way. Um, it's habit stacking. So I realized like, oh, if I'm listening to something and that could be podcast, book, Bible, whatever the case may be, is if I can, I can get the things done that my wife, she's an acts of service gal, I can do the things that she wants me to do in the morning. And part of that routine is yeah. clean up the kitchen. And so I, I, in the morning now, I have this routine where I get up, I pound my water, I listen to kind of my devotional time, I get things done around the house, I go out and walk around, I, I'll do yard work at times. And it's like, I just allow myself to be. Sometimes I'll, I'll real quick check an email or real quick do a social thing or whatever, maybe a social post if there's something I want to get out. But for the most part, it's just all for me. And I don't, I don't, that has been one of the most rejuvenating things for me. Um, mm. And then the other thing is my workout. So I, for the first year, so I got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, and I, uh, the first year I was four to five times a week. Most weeks was five. I'd give myself a mulligan every couple of weeks. So I was on the mat by 615, 
or 6.45, depending on the day. And I was a 57-year-old rolling with a bunch of 20-something, 30-something cops, like built strong dudes, and just got pummeled in the beginning, like pummeled. And even as I was getting stripes, I kept going down to the end where the people with no stripes would be because I just wanted to embrace. And this is what I kind of wanted to, wanted to get to. I had become so fat and happy. I needed to suck at something to just kind of humble me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then just like you were saying earlier, it allowed me, like I, I had some injuries and I had to power through the injuries and I was getting tapped out. I had to learn, you know, tap early, tap off. And it's like, I learned, okay, I'm not going to let that happen again. So I, I got to the point where I'm going to go with this guy. If I can get tapped only three times in five minutes, like that's a win. Oh my gosh, I'm going with this guy and he's not tapping me at all. And so now I'm 18 months into my jujitsu journey and I switched. My doctor did say back it down from five days a week for my, for recovery down to three. And then I work, I work out with a personal trainer on Tuesdays and Thursdays at seven. And my, I mean, literally supplements, collagen, aminos, um, salt water, all of it, man. I'm all about it. And I've, and I've gone from like 255 down to like um, 225. And so I'm about 30 pounds less. I still got another 25, 30 to go. But dude, people ask me, how is my life right now? And it's like, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not taking, I'm not taking uh, injections of testosterone, but I feel so much younger and I've got more energy and I'm so sharp through the day because I had that evening in the morning. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that was a hug. That was, no, that was that's beautiful. This is, there's so much truth to this though. Do you know Alicia Huck? Did you meet Alicia Huck this weekend? Dude, she's a badass. We were talking, her and I have talked about this so many times, where, because again, you know, we learned from Southwestern, you know, schedules your lifeline, and we have this mentality that if you want to be successful, you wake up at 4.59, and you go to bed at 12.01, and you do this 50 years, and it's like, look, that works great for some people, phenomenal, but like you, I can't do that. I can't, I, I can do some things and I can do it, but my mornings look more like yours and I have no recordings before 10 AM. If my wife's not working that day, cause my wife can pick what day she works. So if she chooses to stay home, I'm spending time with her. I'm hanging out with her. We're drinking coffee. We're talking, we're watching TV, like an evening in the morning. Like literally this, that was one of this, this morning for us before I, we started recording. I had some stuff that I still took care of throughout, like while we were chilling watching TV, but she made, she made some tacos for breakfast. Uh, we had some coffee. We were just talking about the evening plans this week. Uh, we watched some TV. I had sent some emails and some invoices that I needed to get out. But for the most part, until like 9 a.m., 9.30, we were, we were just chilling. And, and you know, to, to some bug people who are in that regimen of like, oh, it's 9.30 and you haven't even, you know, yeah. showered yet or whatever. It's like, yeah. 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 Because, A, sometimes when we try to hang out at night, she's too tired because – yeah. She needs to get to bed early or like I'm too tired or, you know, that, and it's okay. But here's the deal. If by midnight, all of the things that I needed to get done that day got done. And at the same time, I spent real quality time with my wife, or even if she's working and it's just me and I'm in my readings and I'm in my other stuff that I'm working on. How was that a bad day? I got everything I needed to done. I the schedule is your lifeline. So I still, I still have like a, Hey, by Monday night, I have to have these things done no matter what. Right. Yeah. But if I get them done and I'm still able to watch TV in the morning or it's not about watching TV, but I'm still able to do yeah. my thing whenever I need to do my things, who am I hurting? You know, if it works for me and I'm still able to move the needle to get to my goals every day, 
Who cares so if it's done? For, so do you know for 20 years at Tom James, I never did that at all. Damn. And for 10 years at Rev Local, I never did that. And it was nobody pushing that on me. It was the driving Southwestern. Uh, yeah, because that's what we were taught. Yeah. And it, well, but again, on the things I intended to do, like I'm taking off Friday because we're going to do a three-day weekend. I was very intentional with the time I did take off. I just didn't let myself take off time because I wasn't feeling it or I wasn't, you know, like it, it's the whole intention thing. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I'm intentioning, I'm intending to have that EITM, that evening, in the, that EITM, evening in the morning. And mm. it's, um, yeah, someday, some, sometimes I'll put a little bit of work in there and I'll, I'll crush a yeah. few things out or like, but it's like, it's my time to do what I want to with. And the other thing is I love about our lifestyle now, again, so I'm 18 months into this new schedule. I've, it's the first time since 1987, I haven't had a team. So it's just it, like, I was, I was even wondering, like my first couple months after I made that decision and I passed all my leaders and stuff, I was wondering like, did I make a bad decision? And I had some buyer's remorse because my identity was wrapped up in having people oh. under me. And it was like, you know, and the reality is I knew the right thing to say. And I, you know, you could, you could say, oh, that's not my identity because it's all I had really ever known. Well, then when I didn't have those, I, there was times when my wife would walk downstairs. This is my office down here. My wife would walk downstairs and I'd just be leaning back in my chair and she'd look at me and she'd be like, I'm not hearing anything. Like you're not on the phone. You're not demoing it. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. First couple months, it was rough. And I was like, yeah. ah. Did I make the wrong decision? There's guilt in there too, probably of like, I should be doing something, but I'm not, you know? Yeah. And then it was like, and then it, it just, I just said, you know what? I, I, I just started like, for example, I started with calling old Tom James clients and just said, Hey, I just want to connect with you. I haven't talked to you in a while. And they were lawyers. And and then next thing you know, it was like, I'm just wondering if there's anybody that you need to meet, if there's any, and then they were like, what are you doing? now? Like, aren't you doing some digital marketing thing? Well, in the past, I never got to call them because I was always helping other people build their business. So guess what happened? It's just like, boom, and then one thing led to another, and one thing led to another. And and then the our, the Tom Jane, or the Rev Local, excuse me, um, Rev Local fiscal year was from July 1 to June 30th, and uh, which we just wrapped up, and it was a good year. So <laughs> it was, yeah. it was and we had, we, it, it's, you know. It's just we, amazing. We things, and I'm doing some things differently that are going to be more related to franchises and strategic large spend account brands. Um, but it was, it was a good year. It was fun. I look back on yeah. it and love it. But the thing is, and, and, and to put a cap on this, it's first of all, congratulations. Cause I'm glad that you found something where it's like, it's again, it's not balanced, but it's more like presence. You just found a way to be present through all 24 hours of your day. Yeah. And that's huge, right? Even, even in sleeping, be pre if you're going to sleep, sleep the crap out of it, you know, like go get sleep. That's good. Yeah. Or if you're going to watch TV with your wife in the morning, or if you're going to read with your wife in the morning, then be with your wife in the morning. But what I have found, and I don't know if this is true for you, but what I have found is when I do get to work, whether that's 10 or 11 or whatever, it, I'm so happy to be working. Like I, 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 lately I haven't found, I didn't discover this myself, this idea of like being intentional with your time like that in the evening or morning until about like four or five months ago. But it, but when I really started applying it, I have found that, you know, I, when I have to do stuff that I used to dread for the podcast, I love it now because it's like, Oh, like I'm full internally and I can just pour into this easily because I'm more full to give. It's, that's what yeah. I found anyway. But well, the one thing I want to hit on the fitness thing, it's, it's hilarious because I've had people say, Oh dude, you're 18 months into it. Cause there's so many times you'll hear like these influencers, it's like 30 days to form a habit and 10,000 hours on this. They're like, 
dude, do you just bound out of bed now because you just your body knows you're going to jujitsu or you're going to your personal trainer? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, no. like, every single morning, it is still a battle. It is yeah. a Mister. It is a Mister M mediocrity on my shoulder, even as I'm laying horizontally. And I, every single morning, it's a battle. And in the battle with the Mister M, um, is you know, you're too old for this. You're going to get hurt. Like these voices in my head. And I tell people there's times where I get up and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty with it and I'll just go right into my regular routine. And it's like, ah, I can power through this. I'll hit some lights. I'll start drinking some water, hit the restroom, all that. There's other times that I'm like, oh man, I want to go back to bed so bad. And I will shout out to um, a YouTube channel called Motiversity. If anybody's ever heard of that, like yeah. Motiversity is like, that's my jam when I want to go back to bed. Cause I, cause I, I don't even go to the Bible first when I need that morning. Like I'll go to Motiversity, and it's like Eric Thomas and Tony Robbins yeah. and Jocko Willink, and it's all set to music. And I'm like, like you just can't go oh, back to bed. Yeah. I'm just telling you, like someone give me a door. <laughs> you need to go get some. It's all lies, you know, Jocko Willink, and it's Rogan, yeah. and it's and it's all it's like ten to twelve minute videos, and some of them are longer. Like, dude, sometimes that's all I need because I just start walking around the house with purpose. You know, I'll go outside and I'll just kind of do one of these things and open my eyes up and I'll pound another water. And then I'm like, okay, I am not going. And it's like, and then the, the feeling passes and it's like, okay, now back to the previously scheduled recording, you know, yeah, and then I'll go back, back in the morning, but I needed that. But normally my, most of my regular days, that is my drive. As I drive where my boat is, I, I drive past the body of water where my boat is, the sun's coming up. And I have a 10 minute drive to jujitsu and that is my drive. And I listen to that as I'm just zooming up, um, Sunbury road, sun's coming oh, up over the water and I'm getting ready to go choke people out. And it's like, it's a blast. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, we've come to a time where we go into our rapid fire questions. We're, we're just moving along. I feel like we're going to have another episode with you anyway, at some point, just so you know, just cause there's stuff I feel like we still, uh, I still want to get to, but there might be like longer conversations. So let me go into some rapid fire. I haven't pulled up right here. So here's the deal. Rapid fire doesn't mean you have to answer fast, but just kind of the first thing that comes to your mind and then just let me know. And then we'll go into some ponytails after that. So, uh, here we go. <clears throat> Number one, Favorite territory that you sold in throughout your five summers? Um, I would have to say that first summer, Ponca City, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> summer for a rookie, riding my uh, moped. Yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> some good territory. Uh, what was your favorite kind of territory? Like small, big bricks, yeah, big, uh, suburbia. Yeah, big brick for sure. Which was the last um, four weeks or so of that first summer, and then as I started picking my own turf. Um, I, I definitely ended up uh, Regina Stocko. Shout out to Regina. She watches this. Regina and I battled it out for, for top sales or for leadership and pie in the eye and that sort of thing. But we both ended up getting to the point where we, we, we would literally call on, we would call on the school board president. We would call on the superintendent. We would, we would spend our first three, four days and go sell a bunch of those people. And then we'd just have all the names and then we'd just go crush, crush it in the big room. Yeah. Loved it. Good stuff. Yeah, big room. Yep. Cause they had the money and that's why I think I ended up gravitating to Tom James selling high-end custom clothing for 20 years it's like just call them out let's see if they you know you you, you act like you're a big deal let's see if you are let's get you some clothes <laughs> love it oh man big break when you know how to sell big break and use names right oh it's it's candy um favorite advanced sales tape if, if you listen to those oh man 
So going back too far, but I'm sure it was uh, it was probably Alan Clements back in yeah. the day. AC, just an absolute legend. So, just so legend. it's hilarious. So here's so here's the deal. So Dave Rosen and Bill Zizzy broke the record in '91, the summer after you yeah. left, and they were still crushing yes. it when you were there. Yes. Um, ever they did a, an advanced sales tape after that summer that yeah. everybody got to listen to. Everybody, I mean. Like the 20. most common answer, yeah. There's still kids right now listening to it. The Listen. most common, the most common answer to favorite advanced sales tape that we've had, if someone sold after '91, yeah, is Dave Rosen, Bill Zizzy. But if yeah. someone sold before '91, it is always Clemens. Like he must. Yeah. I've never heard it, but it must have been amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the man. Yeah, we got to find yeah. that something. We got to play a clip on that. But yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, Trey, if you're listening, or somebody at the a yeah. company, if somebody's listening, send it to the Point gotta, Podcast if you wish. I'd listen to it now. But I need to get the Zizzy one. Somebody needs to give me. Dude, it's so good. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. It's not even really advanced sales. It was just they had just crushed it and broke the company record, which at the time was like 13,000 units, which is nuts for people selling at the time. And and it was the summer they both went neck and neck and they both came back to check out and like right after each other. And it was like. I think it was a Mormon kid that had it um, for like 20 years prior to that. And it was like touchable. And the kid had done two summers you know on the on the mission field it's like okay well, yeah yeah him it was it was a break he gave us exactly. to, to relax he, he, he was off schedule working 80 hours a week and, <laughs> exactly. but but then it went to michelle malone and, and then, maloney yeah maloney and then it was dave rosen and, and yeah. but dave told us the story about that summer but when he broke the record and what it was like but yeah. the advanced sales tape of that it's just more them having fun and like their mentality behind yeah. it and some they kind of tell some ponytails Oh, and it is so good. It's so good. So shout out to them. Um, yeah. Okay, favorite HQ. Um, I think I want to say favorite HQ was probably Rex Mack. Shout out to Rex. He's a financial advisor up in Cleveland. Sexy Rexy. Uh, he and I <laughs> were together my fourth summer, and I want to say that was in uh, trying to remember the turf. Um, Albany, Georgia, not Albany, Albany. And it Albany, was a garage and dude, we had so, we had sold so many books. I remember the walls were just stacked. Like it looked like wallpaper. It was just, um, it was, it was the best. That, that was, that was a fun HQ. I think we had heat when we needed it. We had hot water where we wanted to sneak and get hot showers. Love it. <laughs> remember that was before summer. I was taking a hot shower now and then by then yeah and also like you take hot showers at night and you know, just because you have to take cold showers in the morning then you didn't you can come home and rinse up and something warm at night. um okay favorites uh um or favorite sales day whether that was because it was your best sales day or if or because or because it was like just like something memorable happened where you were like that was amazing yeah i think i think um again so i haven't seen these frame as i haven't heard these questions either so i'm just like off the spot here I think I remember a day, and I can't remember what summer it was. It's probably the first summer. It might have been the second, um, where it was <clears throat> thunderstorms. And I remember, you know, think of three reasons why this is good. And I've taught that to my kids. Um, and I don't know if you guys even really talk about it, but it's just like anytime something bad happens, think of three yeah, reasons. Why three positive. Yeah. By the time you get to the third reason, you're kind of convincing yourself. And I remember. I want to say it was Oklahoma or Texas. And it was like, we are going to have a really bad thunderstorm day, like lightning and all that. And I'm like, I'm going to be a drenched rat. And then I just remember thinking of three reasons why it was good. I'm like, it's going to, it's, it's going to blow away the humidity. 
Yes. Um, I'm going to be in the drench rat means I might actually get in more doors. Like people will, will like, sorry. feel sorry for me. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, and I crushed that. And the thing is, is I can't remember what the third one was, but I was like, oh yeah. I remember even saying like, like if I don't have water, I can just go like this because it's raining. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, and I was laughing by the time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a good day. And dude, I freaking balled it out. I crushed it that day. And, and it was, it just really taught me that my mentality, it was one of the first times, it must've been my first summer. Cause I was like, holy crap, I can change my mindset to something. It's not what happens to you in life. It's how you deal with what happens to your life and how you choose to look at it. And I'm like, bing. And then I've applied that the rest of my life. Incredible. Like, I mean, and that's like asking the right questions of yourself. And there's people like, I don't know if I can do this. Can I do this? 58 years old that have never experienced that. Yep. They've never, like that just blows my mind. Like, you may listen to this. We all sold, we get it. But dude, I run into people like, I learned that as a 20 year old. Wonderful. Change your life. Change your life. It just changed yeah. your life. Yeah. Um, and, and then another point, we'll talk about what my life was like. like. We were really good at being broke. We were chapter 11 my senior year in high school, like did not have money. Like if I didn't sell books, I would not have gone to college and I would not have been able to complete college. And now I, I've changed the trajectory of my family. And I do give Southwestern credit for that. Obviously, I put the work in too. But Joe V, uh, which I thanked him this weekend, Joe Mateka, when I bust his chops for not coming down, thanked him as well. Um, I look back to literally the summer of 86 and yeah. my life and my kids' lives. You know, we, we've, we've talked enough about this on the show where, um, and sometimes it's not always positive reflection on southwestern when we have people on this podcast and that's okay because it's supposed to be a transparent like hey yeah. some people did not have a good experience totally fine but nobody's ever upset about the person that recruited them even the people that have come on here and like shit on southwestern pretty <laughs> thoroughly or some people would consider even this episode like oh they talked about being no schedule like yeah. there's people who listen who are like this is not a positive episode whatever at the end of the day like i met my, my student manager wasn't at the event but he was in nashville and uh he he was around so i post the Saturday night with Dan Moore thing, we went out to a bar and yeah. he came out there yeah. and my wife had never met him, but the way I introduced him and still do. And I did to my wife, I was like, Hey, by the way, this is Steve Thiden. This is the man that changed my life. That's like amazing. he did because yeah. good or bad. And I have my qualms at Southwestern. Ever do anybody who listens to this show enough knows, but at the end of the day, like I'm so glad I did that. You know, and it's amazing how that impacted your life. Because look at you yeah. now. Like you said, you changed the trajectory of your family. I recruited well, my brother who married his wife who sold books, and they have a yeah. baby, two babies. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And I, anytime you think of like the bad things of Southwestern, and you, you know, this isn't like right now, you're in the, you're in the stories in the rapid fire. So we're not going to go there. But lots of times it's, it's, it, we have humans and human beings are flawed. And yeah. lots, a lot of times, Decisions were made, whether at the leadership level, at the executive level, um, you know, where somebody was upset, maybe it wasn't the right thing. Maybe it was absolutely the wrong thing. But, you know, the fact is, is most people did what they thought was the right thing to do. And, and I've just learned to live a life of grace. And I don't, I don't hold things against people anymore. And so, like, I look at, like, so many people when I left Tom James, so many people were like, oh, dude, 20 years of Tom James, like, bro, you need to come sell suits with me and we're selling this Chinese made product from blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, I'm no dude. Like and a lot of people are like, Oh, you'll make so much more money on this and the other. But you know what? I'm like, you know what? Tom James also changed my life. The principles that I learned from there yeah. people were and they're like, well, this happened to you or that happened to you. I'm like, yeah, but 
I became a different person because of that. Like, I'm going to look at those things that happened to me in life that were negative, and I'm going to I'm going to draw strength from that, and, I'm, and hopefully, I grow from it. Yeah. And it's so, a net positive. It it's is not 100 percent positive, but it's a right. net positive, net and positive. that's okay. And yeah. that's all right. Um, you got to go more rapid fire. This wasn't rapid fire, but go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. That's the, the, part of this is because they either help bring up some old memories or it leads to like interesting tangents, which is totally cool. Um, okay, favorite breakfast spot. Jeez. It's ah, it's I'm back to the first summer again. It's just so weird. It all blends <laughs> together. But it was like they, yeah. I, I'm gonna say first summer again. Yeah. It, was just, it was just perfect. We did our we did our executive exercises in the parking lot. It was like every you know people people took pictures. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the best. Polaroids. It's, it's amazing. I was telling I don't know who I was telling this to, but somebody at the event asked me like, "What's the biggest thing you've learned from doing this podcast about like the experience?" And I'm like, honestly, the fact that we all had the same experience. Like, I some of us had to like who sold in the 60s or 70s. You know, they had to hitchhike to each. You know territory or whatever like some of those things are different and i guess today kids are selling with like technology and ipads so the products are a little different but but like for example what you just described every person that sold books oh we had this hq at this breakfast spot where we go to the parking lot we do execs and people come watch us and at yeah. first they look at us like we're weirdos but by the end of the summer they were they sad that we were leaving and they loved us people come into breakfast to see us or they would bring their friends to breakfast to watch those crazy book kids from ohio like yeah all of and you that was 86 for you 2012 for me and it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> i totally get it like, it's so so funny um okay and the last one is best follow day whether someone followed you or you followed them but you were like that was a great follow day dude okay so i am i am absolutely um i'm such a people person like every follow day was the best follow day for me because the, because i wasn't by myself and I was the kind of person that didn't like to be by myself. And again, yeah. that stems back to some things when I was a kid. Same. I didn't like being by myself. So every day, like I had so much fun and I didn't know if we would go, we'd have time to go there. But like my follow days, I just taught people how, how to have a blast. Like once I became a leader, like yeah. I, just, I just taught people have, how to have so much fun. We'll get into that with some of these ponytails. Like that was the biggest thing for me. And that's one of the reasons why being the master of your emotions, like you can change your emotions on a dime. You typically don't, feel your way into acting, you act your way into feeling. And so I would just do some of the stupidest stuff, like just to get rookies laughing and to get, and just to, and they're like, you are just absolutely off your rocker. And I'm like, but dude, you gotta be, you gotta do some stupid stuff to make yourself laugh, to get over it. Like, you know, my viewpoint is I would never hold it against that person that would, that would slam the door or whatever like that. It's like, they're they're. I just woke them up. Maybe they were night shift. Like, yeah. like, I'm, I'm some crazy college kid knocking on their door at 8 a.m. in the morning, right? So, like, once again, I just learned grace and forgiveness at that point, and I would have fun. Um, never really got in fights. I think there's some times that came awful close to it. But, yeah, no, my fall days with, with rookies, I didn't have that many people writing with me unless they were rookies that were coming to ride with me. But it was because I was a top producer kind of out of the gates. But, man, when I got to go spend days in the field with people or people would spend days with me, we'd have so much fun. So, so much. And, but we'd work hard, too. I was never a high demo guy. I was never 30 demos. I was more like 15, but they were long, but I would close them out, baby. Close. Same. Hour, yeah. hour, hour and a half, but bro, I would, you know, it was big, big units. <laughs> we had similar experiences, my friend. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I, I, I agree with everything. Love it. 
Um, all right, so let's move into some ponytails. This again, this is the segment where we have our guests share their favorite stories. Okay, I have one that I wrote down that you had me, you had me remind you, and it was about the guy that quit. You said there I'm was, gonna, and I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close with that's that. That's the last one. Okay. Yeah, so, then, so you tell me, give me that last one. I'll, I'll let you take it away from here. If it's yeah. if it's one story, if it's twelve stories, I don't care. Sometimes we've had people share a bunch of different ones or like one big long one. It, there's no time limit on this. You need a break for uh, for commercial break or no? Uh, I'm good to go if you are. Otherwise. Okay. Do you need? Do you need to? Do you need to take? I was gonna a say quick I would class? take a quick one if you wanted it. it um, okay, I, 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 I'm good to go. Cover real quick. So why don't you do yeah. that? Yes, and I'll be right back and I'll flash you away with some great ponytails. Good, good call. I love that. Okay, so we'll see you in a sec. Uh, I'll get you off screen here. So okay, one big announcement that we would want to make. This is something new. If you missed it with Josh Martinez episode that we did a couple of episodes ago, but it is important that you guys understand because we are actively uh, now back to open. Uh, registration for Bizzler. This is important. We are no longer working with Southwestern Travel. Uh, if you want to learn more information about why that is, uh, just go back to Josh Martinez's episode. This is like the first hour of that. We explain everything that happened uh, for uh, in between us. Now we have switched. We're going to La Romana uh, Hilton in the Dominican Republic on October 26th through the 30th guys make sure you go to the website below on the description of this or just go in messages on instagram for more information on how to get signed up for that it's pretty simple um, but that's 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 where we're going it's going to be 1200 instead of 1575 per person it's down to 1200 per person that includes the traveling between the airports and the resorts as well as some other like just general fees and expenses to help us cover to be able to host these events at the highest capacity that does not include flights so make sure that if you want to go make sure you get as soon as possible so the flights are as cheap as possible for you we're going to again the dominican republic really awesome resort it's a hilton uh, la romana all you can eat all that stuff it's going to be a blast we did it last year in mexico Good times. It's going to be over a weekend this time. So come out and join us. We'd love to have you. And back to RJ. So, by the way, if you're not doing anything at the end of October, come on out. It'll be fun. Um, I'm actually taking my dad uh, on a trip out west. So my father's turning 81. We were going to go to Vietnam, go back to Vietnam. He's a, a Vietnam vet. And um, he just, so I said, Dad, I'm taking you, taking you back to Vietnam where you're at. And he was super pumped about it, but then ended up kind of pivoting and deciding the travel and everything. So he's like, I would just love to drive out west. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take probably ten days, and that's gonna be right over that same window of time. Oh, gotcha. But uh, super pumped to spend that time with my dad. Maybe keep in mind for the future, and I'll recruit some other guys to go too. Heck yeah! And we're doing it every year. Or we're gonna try to every yeah, year. Love but it. yeah, love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so ponytails over to you, sir. The mic is yours. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. So one of my one of my first ones uh, as I. As I mentioned, um, like we had a couple different times. So funny. Uh, one of the, this guy said, "We'll just call this. We'll call this person Mort." But I just remember this one time where we, where um, it what it did. It was unseasonably cold in Bossier City, Louisiana, and uh, we were out back and um, in a in, in a converted garage. And the only and I had given my the guy that we're talking about. So Mort had a, a dentist home that he was staying in awesome hq like everything was pristine new furniture super cool he was so pumped well his rookie his roommate rookie quit or maybe even the student manager so i moved him in with me and all i had was a pull-out couch so the two of us were on this pull-out couch and um and i had given the other room to the rookie and i had the pull-out couch well then he comes and moves in with me 
and we, we were both firmly heterosexual dudes, um, had girlfriends and everything, but that we literally just had a sheet because it was like, it was, it was Louisiana in the summer. And we ended up, um, it was so funny, but we, but the best way to generate heat is like, we were back to back and we, we woke up in the middle of the night with like this thin sheet and it was unseasonably cold. And we were, we were essentially reverse cuddling, but like, we're, we still talk about it to this day. And it was literally 1988. And, um, the time you kept each other alive. Yeah. It was just like, you, you know, just some of the weirdest stuff, but, uh, that's... A couple of the other things that were a blast to me was was the things that we would do on the book field with, like I said, when I had people with me. I did I did silly stuff by myself, but I really did crazy stuff. So um, I know a lot of people talk about this, but it was like, how many trampolines can you bounce on that you did not get approval for per day? And so we would like, so <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever mentioned that, but like we would, uh, I, I just assumed that was something other people did. So we would like keep track. Uh, and then we would, when we call in our stats at night, it's like, dude, I got seven tramps today. And, and it was basically, we, we found a trampoline that we were sure the people weren't home. We would book it to the back. We'd hop on the tramp. We would bounce on the tramp. And then it was like, we could count that. So I would always do those kind of things. We had like people meeting up together. And it was like, how many tramps can you, can you hit? And so we did that a lot. Um, there was times where we, took, we would swim in people's pools. I know you've heard this, but it was always, I, I love doing the whole, everybody loved this, but um, I, I would always use the whole, hey, can I pay you a dollar for an apple? Like everybody loves those yeah. stories. I, I mean, the moms, like, you know, especially when you had the salt stains in your shirt or it was super drenched and it's like, you know, hey, I'm not interested, but is there anything I can do? And it would be that, you know, 30-year-old mom and you're like 20 and she'd have like two little ones and it would be like, like, oh, it's just really hot. Like if, if there's a way I could pay you a dollar for like a bottle of water or, or maybe even just like a small little apple or a clementine and it'd be like, you come in here. And it would be like, and then she would make you the lunch. She made the kids and she's like slicing, she's slicing the sandwich and, you know, through, not halfway, but she'd do it like corner to corner. And it would be like, do you want chips with that? And you want to pop? And it was like, it was the best thing in the world. And, I, and lots of times I'd be reaching in my back pocket and I wouldn't even have a dollar, but it would be like, it'd be like, you can I pay for a dollar? And I'd just start reaching, but it'd be like, you get in here. And then by the time what would happen, and I can't tell you how many of those ladies that, at minimum, I got a crap ton of referrals and at maximum I sold them because it was like, now you're in there, you're getting that meal and you're breaking bread with somebody. And it's like, so what are you selling again, by the way? And then they would, you, like, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I sold yeah. those ladies. Yeah. You do um, the demo while eating the sandwich. Cause you had to figure it out. Uh, and it was just yeah, a conversation, just, but that's all it was. Yeah. It's like, so how do you, how are your kids doing in school? You're like, exactly. you're like, ah, uh, you know, they struggle with math. I'm like, okay, do you think they would like this? And you whip out the book. Cause you're like, yes. she's buying. You didn't even have to do the buying atmosphere because you're like, by the time I'm done with the sandwich, you're going to be like, Oh, I'll just take the set. It was the best. It was the okay. absolute, my favorite deal, by the way, my favorite deal was the six pack you know, for us in, in education. It was, it was volume one two and three of uh, the student handbooks. The fourth was the layman's Bible encyclopedia. I was selling down in South. Everybody needed that. Sure. And then med books. So it was like one ninety nine for the six pack. So we just talked about selling the six. And I, I mean, I just loved, I think it was five, 10, 15, 20, 27 units because the med books were 70. So it was basically 30 units. And if you threw in Bible story book in there, three, three units, oh, you're out. 30 units, like, bro. And if they like, have toddlers, you throw in the Mufus and the Exploring Learners uh, and Asties, which haven't changed in five decades. Is, yeah. Solid. So a couple, a couple of those other things that we would do, like, uh, and this is horrible. So you said English is your second language. Yeah. Um, I want to be careful here because I was an idiot 19, 20 year old, but we would get somebody that would have, would not speak the language. 
And then I would just say something just really stupid and random at the door, like, may I mama dog face to the banana patch? And they would be like, yes. Yeah. And I'd be like, awesome. So does your kid take, now does your kid take the bus or their lunch to school? Yes. And I'd be like, what I, what I realized is the joke was probably on me. They probably were doing the yes accent and they probably understood everything I said just to get me to leave. Because there were times where like the kid would be in the background and the kid would start laughing. Like I knew these moms probably knew English or whatever. Um, but it just gave us a good laugh. We'd have a yeah. good time with the, the rookie would be doubled over. Um, and the, you're not hurting anybody. It's just, it was just no, more for you to kind of get out of the funk. Before we get people, listen, listen, cause I get, it. I live in Portland. I get how people can get offended by the dumbest yeah. stuff, but before people get offended, listen, you have no idea. It is you're sitting on Wednesday. It's 95 degrees outside. You haven't talked to a human being. And the ones you have talked to, they have yelled at you at the top of their lungs to get off their porch or whatever. And this is how you make a living. Sometimes you just need to like for your own like revitalization just to kind of be like, all right, I need to do something that's way off the cuff here. Cause just to kind of jolt me back into shape and it's hard. And until you're in that moment, don't be judging on these stories. Cause to be honest with you, it's hilarious. You didn't hurt anybody. They don't remember you 12 seconds after you left their house, but for you, you're telling these stories 30, 40 years later. And and it's, it's fun. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to hear. Like that's how you were human. That's how you were able to like go back to normalcy because it's still not normal. One of my other favorite things I would do with the Layman's Bible Encyclopedia was, was, uh, and you've probably heard of other people doing this because I know I wasn't the only one to do it, but like we would knock on a door at 759, we would find like a shanty, we would find like a rundown, like <laughs> on the way to the turf, it'd be like a 750, and um, literally rookie would climb up onto the roof, and I would knock, step back down, and then I would talk about those those Bible, those Bible books that were coming from heaven. And I would put my hands out and the rookie would drop. <laughs> and it, I mean, literally we did that. Like we've heard stories of that. But like, we did that. And then I would just step forward and start showing it. And the guys like, you know, beer cans are by the door and they're like, what the? yeah, like they didn't, they, we never, they never like walked out and like said, get off. Like I never had anybody ever. T- the other ever. Like they just kind of like, went, what? And then they would start looking at the book and, I don't think I ever sold anybody, but it was just, that was so much. So way to have fun, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, uh, I'll bring it to a close. A couple of the, a couple of the other, I mean, there definitely are some crazy ones that I can't tell, but one of the ones I remember with dogs. So we're actually two with dogs. So it, um, it, first one is, it, it's a little reminiscent of um, National Lampoon's vacation. Like literally had a dog that was mounting my leg and, and the, and the, <laughs> it, 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 they were kind of like cousin Eddie. They they literally just said he does that sometimes, and I mean, and I'm like, okay, well, I prefer that he does it. And I was like kicking the dog away, and um, I I just remember these people having the straightest face, looking at me like it's not a big deal. Like your dog is humping my leg right now. I have shorts on, like red. This is not something. And I'm like, I don't want this. I did not consent. I I was flabbergasted that they were, that they just were, they were not bothered by it. Like it was like, they let him do that to them or something. I'm like, this is not okay. And I, and I remember having a rookie just falling out of their chair laughing and I'm, and then I would get them over here to where they're looking at the book. And then I was like, bam, like kicking that up. I've kicked so many dogs that just were (laughs) too sniffy, too humpy, whatever. My favorite dog story is terror. The dog's name was Terror. Black dog, don't know what kind it was. It was a mutt. And it was one of those houses that was um, 
literally had like the screen and the screen door was like peeling down. It was definitely a wood kind of shanty house. Terror was on a chain and it was, it was like, had one of those little, you know, things like that. And it was on a, it's on a, a chain of sorts. And he was just out and he, and dude, I knew exactly where you could see, you always knew the perimeter where the border was because it had the, yeah, because it would, it would, you know, you had the zinger dogs that would go back and forth. And then you had the one that was tied like to post. So this guy was a, a, a post, a post dog with the chain. And I remember going by it. I'm like, I'm not even messing with this house. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go by. And uh, I remember turning around and I kind of like saw the dog and I kind of gave it like, ha, or whatever. Like I just was like, I was by myself on this one. Dude, the dog just took off, started running at me. And I knew where his line was. And so I booked it to the end and I could, I kind of glanced back and I saw that the, the slack in the chain was coming out. And then it's like, I knew, and I was going to turn right around to see like the legs come out like this because he was going to be like, yeah! you know, and I was waiting on the legs. Like he kind of forgot where his boundary was, except I heard a, and, and the chain snapped. And dude, terror, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Terror was like coming at me. And I had that, I had the bookman kind of U.S. Postal Service put the, the bag in front of the dog. And yeah. The dog was, and I was like this. And this little girl comes running out. And she had to have been like seven little blonde. I remember this like little blonde hair girl. And she grabs a hold of the chain. Well, Tara kind of got around the bag and I just started booking while the little girl had grabbed the chain and the little girl. And I turned back and I'm like, she's got her hands on the chain. I was like, no, but I'm like, he was like on me at this point. And Steve launches in the air and her legs are like this. So, like she was like bump, knees, toes, bumping, and she's like not crying, but like she's done this before. Like she was a pro. But then I'm like, okay, I gotta stop running. So anyway, somebody ended up coming out, got the dog, like, and they're like, you know, oh, he really won't hurt you. He's a very nice dog. And I'm like, like it was just the craziest thing in the world. And the little girl again, scuffed up knees, knees bleeding. She was a trooper. Like she came up, she's like, I'm so sorry. This happens all the time. He's really a good dog. And I'm like, oh my God. Like that dog just about ended my life. It was like, he was not a nice dog. And I don't know how you're not crying right now. Like, you got dragged. Crazy. It was one of my craziest dogs. She's like, terror, no. She was, she was screaming terror. She was like bumping. Like, like. I heard her knees. Like, I think her chin hit. I mean, I just heard it all. And over the growling and the slobbering. And so, and then um, the, the last one I'll tell you about, the guy. Oh, this is the guy. Okay, hold on. Buckle up. Here. <laughs> I selling books. Again, had a good summer. I come back to college. I meet with the assistant dean, and I said, hey, man, I know, I know I've been uh, – um, I, I want to I be in sales. So, like, how do I get a um, – because I was international business, but I'm like, how do I get a sales degree? And they're like, you don't get a – it'd be marketing. I'm like, I'm like, but I don't want to be in marketing. I want to be in sales. And he's like – he's like – we have two sales classes. They're, they're taught by a, a, um, tenured professor and mm. it, was, it was introduction to sales and then it was advanced selling. So I end up, I end up going, uh, I'm like, okay, well, if that's all we got, I'll switch my, I'll get a second major in marketing from international business and marketing and I'll take these two sales classes. And so I, I go to this intro to sales class. I don't want to mention the guy's name cause I feel bad. He's, um, but uh, 
this guy was probably 5'10". He was overweight. He had dandruff in his beard that would show up on his, it would be on his tie. He had the limpest handshake you've ever seen in your life. Uh, it was just like really one of these, like literally. And I'm coming back all jacked up on testosterone from my first Southwestern summer, got my big check and I'm rolling into college. Like I'm going to be a marketing major. I want to be a sales major. And they didn't have it. So I take this class and this guy is just talking so ethereally about sales. And I was pretty cocky back then. So I was kind of like, <clears throat> so I'm raising my hand. Dr. So-and-so was like, uh, Yes, RJ. And I'm like, well, that's not always the case. And uh, so I just started correcting. We had about a week of that. And after about four or five classes that he knew I wasn't going to stop. And all the kids would kind of like turn to me like, hey, here we go. What about the popcorn? Here comes. Right. Exactly. Dude, here's what's so cool. He pulled me aside Mm -hmm. after. He said, can I speak to you after class? And everybody's like, you're going to get it. He's going to fail you. Everybody left. He pulls me aside and he goes, he said, Hey, I'm going to ask you a favor. I said, what's that? He goes, can you help me teach this class? Whoa. Like, really? And he goes, he goes, I don't know if you can tell, but I don't have a lot of sales experience. He goes, I'm a junior professor. And like, he could have been the biggest jerk in the world, but he actually, he pulled me in and he said, would you help me teach this class? So he got me on his side instead of me being his adversary. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, man, that, that, that'd be awesome. And so now I stopped being so contradictory and we, and I'm just saying, well, like what's making you decide to do this? And he goes, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I sold books for Southwestern two weeks and I quit. He goes, and you completed your summer. And he goes, in my book, you deserve to be teaching this class. Like, can you believe that? Wow. And the guy ended up becoming like a really good friend. And, uh, and actually about five years later, after I graduated, we started a program at Ohio university called the sales center. Um, and it's, um, Ralph Shea was the, was the chairman, the longtime chairman of world book. And he threw a bunch of money into it through his kids, Larry Shea. And it's the Ralph and Lucy Shea sales center teaching sales to kids. And now, one of the top programs in all of America. And they, they compete every year in the collegiate national collegiate sales contest and all that. But it all started with that, the, the, those two classes that they had. And then other kids like me saying, we've got to have a program, like a certificate yeah. or something. And now it's one of the most sought after sales educations that anybody can have is Ohio university's. Um, it's a certificate from the Ralph and Lucy say shale center, but that doctor ended up becoming a good friend of mine, a PhD. And, uh, I helped him teach a class. I helped him teach advanced selling class. And we ended up having some additional classes after that. So that's story. wild. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a good ponytail, bro. He quit. And that's <laughs> amazing. Cause that's the respect he had. He knows what even one summer of this is worth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is super cool. We have not had a story like that yet. That's, I love that one. That's weird. Clip that. That's so good. Oh man. Sweet. Guys, well, we've made it to the end of the show. RJ, any closing thoughts that you want to say? Anything that you didn't get to share that I, that, I, that we didn't get to talk about that you'd want to share uh, as we're wrapping up? 
Yeah, I would just say, first of all, just if we think of our audiences, number one, if somebody hasn't sold books, maybe if a parent's having them listen to this, like that, how cool would that be to have parents listen to certain episodes? Maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, the first thing I would say is, you know, um, I, I think it's, it, it is a different world out there. I mean, we don't have 10,000 kids selling like we did in the eighties, like um, when we had just thousands and thousands of kids. But um, I, I think, you know, the company's been around since 1868. They used to do deliveries on, on horses and then they would, they would, they would, wherever they were at at seven or eight o'clock at night, when it would get dark, that's where they would stay for the night. Like this is a company that's been around and it's endured, you know, through how many wars and civil war and so forth. And um, the values of it, again, are there human beings that are involved in the leadership that maybe wrong decisions made human beings making errors. But I think that I, I'm very, very proud of my, of my five summers at Southwestern. I loved what I did. I, I still have people to this day that, that sold with me. Um, some that made it, some that didn't that say it was the hardest thing I did, but I'm so glad I did. They thanked me. And I uh, had big teams. My last summer, I had 50 in my ward. I had a 20-man team. And it's like a lot of these folks will come back and say, and, and I love seeing these guys crushing it. I've mentioned some of the names. They're crushing it out there. And it's they, they all go back to their Southwestern days. So I'd, that'd be the first thing is if we're speaking to somebody that's considering doing it or considering having their kids do it, like check it out. I mean, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's legit. Um, the other thing I would say is just, I think in, you know, if we can, if we can take those principles that we learned that nobody um, nobody has to, nobody has control over our thoughts. We're the ones that are in control of our thoughts. We can choose. It's not what happens with life. It's, it's how we choose to deal with it. We can choose to, to take a different take on things. And that could be family related. That could be business related. Um, I think the other thing um, that it pointed me in a path is, is spiritually, I was lost as a good hailstorm. I was a kid that had no clue, a college kid, just crazy. And I, and I really got some incredible values and I, and I thank the leaders of Southwestern for that. Again, I know not everybody shares the same values, lots of different you know, religions that, that sold for Southwestern, but just the values that a lot of the, the shared faiths have that I was able to gather from that is the man I am today. It really, a lot of it originated. Had a little bit of upbringing as a kid, but for the most part, it sunk in, in those, those summers and the leadership. So um, very, very um, excited about that about what I did. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I would love to definitely got some other things that we could go into at another point, but I hope this brought value to folks that were listening. Some awesome stories, having some fun and uh, hopefully it blesses your listeners. Yeah. I mean, first of all, amen. And we'd definitely have to have you back. One of the things we'd like to do for when people come back the second time is just either do another, just catch up episode. So a few months or years down the line, uh, we've had people backwards like, Hey, what do you, you know, you were, you were just going into this. What are you up to now? So we'll have to have it back at least for that. But sometimes we'll do like a panel where it's like you and it's some other person that sold. So like maybe you and Michael or you and someone else at Rev Local, who's also a book fan to kind of like give another like dynamic to it. And it's so fun. Yeah. So we'll have to have you back either way. Uh, but this was a blast. If you guys are interested in hearing more about Rev Local, um, Maybe you're someone who wants to become a client or maybe you want to go and join that sales team. Uh, make sure you guys check out. There's going to be a link below that we'll put on the show descriptions. And if you can't find it, just message us on Instagram or on Facebook. We're everywhere. Just send us a DM. Hey, I want to get in touch with RJ. And we'll forward that information to RJ so you guys can get more info on that, whether it's like you need a consultant for marketing or you you are in marketing in, in the marketing space, but you're trying to maybe move into a next level role or something like that with a bigger company. Point them in the right direction. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just point you in that right direction for sure. So make sure you find that. Uh, all the links to his socials are going to be below in the description notes. So make sure you click on that. And 
as always, please make sure you go follow, like, and share. We really appreciate the support either way. So my name is Andres Gamboa. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye, everybody.